Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. So we're live. Ben, what's up, dude? Ben, the the fear guy, Harris. We've been trying to plan this for a while. And we finally got here. So, man, dude, this is it. We're making it happen. Well, dude, yeah, thank you for having me. And I just have a feeling. I mean, it's already good. I already know it's good, but I feel like we're going to travel to and through consciousness and in all the ways and all the facets fear otherwise all the things i feel like we're gonna pick up some gems along the way like we're freaking uh shoot i just draw draw a blank um like we're the guardians of the galaxy that's what we're feeling like me and you right now are just cruising through space together <laughs> whatever that i love means. it <laughs> <laughs> well we, maybe you were just looking for a marvel reference because we've referenced them a couple times on this podcast so if you're starting off the podcast with a Marvel reference, then it's already good. We might just want to stop the recording now and wrap it up. All right, guys, Ben, thanks for coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, stoked to be here. No. Nah, so, man, where do we start with this? Fear is such a crazy thing. So maybe we should just start with your beginning. Let's mm. wind the clock back before we dive into the fear of all of this because fear is such a vulnerable topic. Yeah. We should get to know the man who's going to be telling us all about fear. So Ben, when you were a little kid before you were maybe even consciously aware of fear, what was the first thing that you wanted to be when you grew up and you know, you wanted to put forth into the world? Yeah. So looking back at it now, I can definitely recognize I was always curious about what would people call fear now, right? Of like, I was always interested in the things that made me nervous and I wanted to do them. And I, you know, I didn't know why part of it was definitely probably part of the programming of like, I grew up being told like, Ben, you're special, Ben, uh, you have like a gift and like people recognized, like when I came onto this earth, I definitely had, um, I was more online than most, you know, connected to source and doesn't mean it's, you know, different, better, worse than, than anyone. But like I came in definitely more connected. And so people didn't know what else to say, but say like, Oh, you're, you're special, you know? Mm. And so, and I know that happens now with what people probably call like star seed kids, you know, or just any gifted and talented student or just really child who shows like spirituality or gifts or whatever. And then if they're not around the right people, right, obviously that can be shamed and hidden and they learn to hide that gift. But fortunately for me, for the most part, or for a lot of it, it was cultivated and, and encouraged. <clears throat> and so I'm thankful, like I grew up in a religious household, so I'm from Utah, so I grew up Mormon. If I imagine a lot of people know what that is. And so I'm grateful that I was around that connection to God, like definitely not religious anymore but the in the sense that like even for my third birthday i didn't want it like a bouncy house you know or anything like that and nothing's wrong with that because fun is amazing but for my third birthday i actually wanted to go to the mormon temple so i asked my mom to take me to the temple for my birthday and so there's always been just something in me that's been 
curious. What do you think? Because you said multiple times there that you felt like you were more connected than other kids. Like looking back on it now, what do you think that either was or like, was it your environment that you were brought up in? Do you think there was like some sort of mission? Do you think like, you know, this is your millionth life on earth? Like what, (laughs) what did that, what have you been able to break apart in your understanding of that? Yeah. So for me, I definitely feel like it's probably all of it. You know, it's definitely an upbringing, but the upbringing only encourages from like my, my template that I came here with. So definitely the fact that I know I came here with a specific mission, whatever that may be, or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, that becomes more clear the older I get and the more experience I have. But definitely it was just like, um, it's definitely just a part of me. And, and then my first, we'd have to really like, well, like even a story my mom loves to even tell, like I was in second grade and there was a school therapist going around, like just making her rounds. Cause I'm not sure how many elementary schools or schools in general, like their therapist actually gets used or utilized. Certainly not mine. I could have definitely <laughs> used one. <laughs> and this therapist was going around or counselor is probably what her name was and um, or, or her title. And she announced in the class, she's like, Hey, if anyone's going through a hard time, like feel free to um, stop by like, and then I literally raised my hand in the middle of the class and I asked to come see her. So like, I didn't know what I was doing right as a second grader, as a seven or eight year old, I just knew that like, I wanted to, to talk. And so there's definitely just something in me, you know, that has always wanted to, to explore, to get curious, to, to feel, to, to be vulnerable. And one of my first, probably, I guess the most meaningful one that I remember that I actually connected with fear specifically is I was 16 years old. And so I actually used to have a hip hop career. So before I um, did this, before I, before I did this, I was in like finance and then kind of during, but really before I was doing music um, pretty seriously. And so when I first started getting into it, when I was like 15 or 16, I put out my first CD, the old school way, right? I, I burned like a hundred CDs and I, you know, did the old like stamp on it. I printed out everything and like stamped the sticker on the CD. I love that. And I went around at lunch and during basketball games and in the hallways, I sold the CD and, you know, made a few hundred bucks and definitely terrible, definitely cringe, but <laughs> like anything you start for the first time, right? It's going to be bad. And that's just how it is. But I thought it was amazing. And so I am, um, that actually kind of like got to be a popular thing in school. And so the following year, I think it was, or like someone came and asked me like, Hey Ben, do you want to perform at this assembly? And I remember in that moment, like what I felt was absolute sheer terror, but also just like complete butterflies excitement and just like so called to it. And like literally like I'd never thought about doing it, but the fact 
that I just got invited right there in that moment. I just said yes. And I, I can still feel the feeling in my body because it was like, <gasps> yes. You mm. know, and I was like, so like truly, truly terrified, but also just so excited to do it. And that was the first really experiment or moment that I remember like feeling so scared, but also saying yes to it instead of what most people do, right, is run away from it. And now I've had lots of experience and practice and lots of different things, you know, guiding clients and all the things of what that actually meant. But for me in that moment was just like, I just couldn't say no, like I had to say yes. So from, that was the first moment I really learned how to lean into the fear and follow it. I found it interesting when you were talking about that you were in second grade because you were saying that, you know, the counselor came in and was like, hey, if anyone wants to come talk about mental health, you know, you raised your hand. I would think from like a societal standpoint, like that would be a pretty scary thing to do as like a second grader where you have this authority figure who in societally, you know, this is like if people are going to them, then air quotes, there's something wrong. And I think we're doing a good job of our generation starting to weed out that it's like, no, talking about your problems is a very healthy and good thing to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I mean, back then, I mean, you know, I could only imagine that that would strike fear in you. And so I find it very fascinating how you were just like, yeah, this is another person to talk to. Like, this seems like someone to talk to. And yet it sounds like you didn't feel any fear or I guess, lack of resistance to wanting to speak with that counselor at that time. Yeah, like all I remember, like, you know, I barely remember it, but it was just like, I remember I wanted to talk to her about a problem, you know, and so of what, like what I was feeling at home. And I was actually scared of mm. maybe not necessarily talking to her, but I was scared. My mom, so my parents were divorced and then my mom was starting to date someone they ended up getting married. They were only married for like six months, I think. Um, so pretty short stint. But I remember I told the counselor that I was afraid of losing her. So definitely still fearful. Mm -hmm. And like, as I've become an adult, like I've definitely realized I've had a lot of fears. Like, I think a lot of kids do. Like, at the same time, kids are so fearless because we don't have that brain development yet. And we're just so ourselves anyway, it doesn't matter. Like we are just like unapologetically ourselves. And at the same time though, right, is like when it comes to just the sheer biological fear of like afraid of losing my mom, like when a kid is bawling and asking for their mom, that's like pretty normal fear. But so just to say like, I definitely was still afraid and it's ironic that I actually wanted to talk about fear with that counselor. That is ironic. And I guess it was that, so it seems like at this point though, would to kind of wrap up, I guess the initial question, the first thing you wanted to be, was that like a hip hop artist or <laughs> would that be like your, your, your final statement, if you will? So, I mean, as a kid, kid, I thought I wanted to be an, a lawyer because I liked how they dressed. Like oh. <laughs> I saw, I saw all the suits. I'm like, oh man, they look really cool. Like I want to do that. And then, yeah, like when I was 16, um, like I truly went after hip hop. So like, that was my first dream. Like I gave it everything I had. And that was, that was the thing I thought I was going to do. I love it. Is the music still out there? Can we look up? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's called a name or is it Ben Harris? Yeah. So 
it was a group of us and it's called Better Taste Bureau. Better Taste Bureau. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, so people can YouTube it. There's music videos it's on Spotify, all the things. Better Taste Bureau. Look it up later. <laughs> what I found super interesting too about your story and that first interaction, let's say with fear or your, let's say conscious or career oriented fear maybe was how you were saying how there was that like grip of anxiety linked to going out and performing with all of your friends. It sounds like, have you been able to maybe even figure out what the difference is between, I guess, anxiety and fear? Cause I mean, consciously, like we kind of can feel the difference, right? Like I can feel when I'm anxious versus afraid, but based on that story and based on experiences I've had, it sounds like there's a pretty close link between anxiety and fear. Absolutely. I'm curious before I even answer that, like how would you describe fear versus anxiety? <laughs> this episode of traveling to consciousness is brought to you by the official traveling to consciousness app available on the iOS and Google play store. On this app, you're going to get exclusive content from articles to meditations to anything else that Kling is going to put out. Here's the also where you're going to find the only place to find the ad free versions of the podcast. You're also going to be able to get the podcast at earlier dates than normal, the free release version of it. So the traveling to consciousness podcast app, I highly suggest that you download it because it's the only way that I suggest that you listen to it. And what's even better is that the company is always making updates. So please let me know if you personally have a recommendation and we can get that in there. So remember, download the traveling to consciousness app so that you can get early releases. You can get the video format, you can get it ad free and so much more. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is anxiety would strike me as I'm trying to avoid using the word fear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What what I would say is anxiety feels like the fear of not performing my best. Whereas fear feels like something definitely is going to occur to me. Yeah. So I love I think you know, you just answered your own question, right? Of like how they <laughs> they are the same thing. It's just you feel it differently, right? It, like I forgot what how people like describe it exactly. Like so, like the clinical way to view fear is exactly what you said. Of like a short stint, I'm experiencing like a threat in my environment, mm. and then but anxiety is like recurring. I feel like that's probably the best way to describe it. Is that the anxiety is my heart is racing and I'm sweaty and my thoughts and just uh, like I can't breathe and it's just all the time, right? You just feel at un- uneasy all the time um, versus fear. It's just like a spike and then comes down. But really, it's it all comes down to the same thing, right? Because our first, like biologically speaking, we have one job, like our first job is to literally survive. And so if anything threatens our survival, if we feel unsafe, then therefore that's when the fear comes in or the anxiety comes in or the nervousness comes in or the overthinking comes in or the jealousy comes in or the anger comes in. Every single emotion that you can feel is traced back to some type of fear because you feel unsafe. And so anxiety and fear are directly linked. They're the same, but just differently expressed. I would say like, how I view it is fear is the root of all suffering 
and then everything like shoots off in different directions from that fear is the root of all suffering and when you say that do you mean like your fear to act or just having any sort of fear whatsoever everything right so like who said that attachment is the root of all suffering I forgot who that was. It's it feels like Confucius or Buddha <laughs> or Gandhi or someone. Yeah, it's definitely like a figurehead. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, like, if you look at, well, why are you attached to something? Fear of, you're losing of losing it. Yeah. Yeah. You're afraid of losing it. So it all comes back to like fear. Like, why are you afraid? Or like, why are you anxious? Because you are nervous about a negative consequence. Mm. Why are you jealous? Because you have a fear of inadequacy. Why are you angry, right? Is actually, it's like that fear is protecting a fear within you. Like anger is just the fight of the fight or flight. The anger is like, I need to go and do something and fight this thing right now instead of like the freeze or the run or the avoid. And so if you look at any type of emotion, it's any type of trigger really is it's coming down to, okay, something feels unsafe and I need to run. I need to fight. I need to avoid it. As opposed to facing that fear. Correct. And I find it interesting too, because it also ties back into when I was giving you my definition of anxiety and how I couldn't escape using the word fear in it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Actually, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, you might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. And so where does, how does this jump in? Because I, I've thought about this before, the idea of like, legitimate fear let's say you know the idea of being up in a plane and jumping without a parachute right yeah. like that's almost like a legitimate thing to be afraid of but then there's also the maybe counter which would be like you know being in a job that's eating you alive and you have all this anxiety and you have a terrible boss and you're not getting paid well and you know you're worth more and you know you're mm -hmm. put on this earth to do something bigger and better both of those things cause fear but one could argue that one of them is <sighs> I hate to use the word legitimate, but one is something that you could say that you should fear, right? You could yeah. say that you should fear jumping out of a plane without a, without a, a parachute, but then it's like, okay, if you quit this job, is it really the end of the world? Let's say, so how do you find that balance of things that, and maybe this is a bad question, but I want to say legitimate fear versus illegitimate fear. And maybe there's a mm. word that I love. No, dude, this is a great question. So how I would look at it, I think people, how they would define that is probably like rational or responsible, mm. right? Is And that even gets tricky. We can go down a rabbit hole of what that even means. But I would describe it as either danger, right? Like when you're jumping out of a plane without a parachute, that is dangerous, you know? And it's like even those things, right? You can train, you can prepare to mitigate the risk. Right. So it's like you can do certain things to like actually not have it feel so scary. Like... Do you know who Alex Honnold is? I don't. He's a rock climber, but he literally, so he has free climbed. He has like all these records and he's free climbed um, just like insane things that straight up, you know, sheer terror. Like what in the hell are you doing? Like, like buildings and skyscrapers and stuff. Like you could even look at that, but I'm talking about like rock faces. Okay. Like, but anyone like that, right? Like you slip, you're dead. Yeah. And so... Like that stuff to the typical person is dangerous, right? Like that's actually something like that. Um, like with the job thing, it's triggering the same part of your brain though. Um, and so that's where it gets tricky. 
is your brain doesn't know unless you give it context. It doesn't know. It's like, am I jumping out of a plane or am I leaving a job? It's still the same response from your amygdala, which is in charge of, you know, telling you something's out there to be afraid of. And so that adrenaline you feel, that anxiety, that cortisol spike, all those things that you're feeling inside of your body is because you just perceived a threat. Your mind doesn't know how big, how small, um, because how we, you know, evolved as a species is it's just like, is something threatening my survival? Yes or no. If it is run, right, fight it, try and stay alive. And so our brain doesn't know. It's like, hey, someone's hating on your Instagram post versus Mm -hmm. someone's about to stab you. Right. And I know that's like, it's kind of like absurd and extreme. And there is a slight difference, but to your mind, like your subconscious mind, it feels the same. And so that's what's so important of realizing like the difference of like, and my whole thing is like becoming friends with fear and actually welcoming it because that's really when you'll be free. Like what people like people think they're afraid of something, but they're afraid of probably something much deeper. Like I was talking to someone today and we were going through a session and they were telling me like they gave their big goal, big desire. And I said, okay, well, why can't you do it? And their first reason was, well, I don't have the money and resources and time. So that's for a lot of people, what would they, that'd be the first reason, right? Is like, well, I don't have money or I don't have skills or I don't know what I would do. I don't know my passion or my purpose. And like, all of those are valid. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, you probably should develop some skills and learn what you are good at, learn what you enjoy and what you can, you know, monetize and spread goodness into the world before you quit your job. Um, I don't like the word should, right? But like, because you could completely just go jump off and have an adventure. But it's like with this person, why I'm bringing this up, because their first fear, their first resistance was money and resources. I kept asking questions, you know, and like 10 minutes later, it was revealed that essentially he has a fear of being invaluable. And Mm. so that's really what he's afraid of. Like that's the root. And so my whole work is helping people identify what is the root of your fear, right? Instead of just this surface layer, I have an anxiety. I don't want to leave my job because, you know, like I can't make money or like, I don't know if it'll work out. Like most people don't even know what they're afraid of and rightfully so because fear is an avoid frequency, right? It's literally like run away, stay away as quickly as possible. And so people are naturally avoiding it. But the more you resist your fear, the more fearful you become. And it literally perpetuates the cycle. And like in this example, right, of someone who isn't doing what they really love because they have a fear of being incapable and invaluable and worthless, then really what they're doing, right, they never do what they love and therefore they always feel incapable and worthless. If you stay in that job because you're afraid of failure or you're afraid of what people think or whatever, then you're literally proving your fear to be true. And so I always love to point that out because most people don't know they're perpetuating the cycle that they don't want to happen. I feel like you were talking to me right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're talking to me, but I feel like you were talking about me right there. <laughs> There's other about that just hit me right in the heart. It was like, oh yeah, that felt there's something there. So then, cause I'm even, as you're talking about this, I'm going back to our plane metaphor of jumping out of the plane, right? It's like, you're not, you're not afraid of jumping out of the plane without a parachute. 
you're afraid of hitting the ground and dying. That's what you're afraid of. So that's interesting because even in the way that we've kind of set this up is how do you know that you've found the root of what that fear is, right? You want to quit your job. Okay. I'm afraid to quit my job. It's like, no, you're afraid of being invaluable. So what does that process look like to get to, or how do you even know once you get there of what that root fear is? Yeah, dude. So it's a process. It's a pretty simple, um, I'm not sh- to me, it feels easy. If, <laughs> if you have the, the bravery and the willingness, I, I still think it's easy. You know, it doesn't take very long, but it's simply just questions and prompts. And like, it's n- honestly like nothing crazy. We could go through it if you wanted to. And like, but before that, I just wanted to acknowledge, like, I love how you brought in, like, you're not afraid of jumping out of a plane. You're afraid of dying. So it's the same thing, right? Of like, I'm not afraid of quitting my job. That sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. Right. It's like, what I'm afraid of is quitting and then not making money and then having my business fail. But what you realize what's like, even that's not what you're afraid of. You're afraid of the meaning that it has about you as a human. Like, of course, we all have like our initial, like we all want our needs met. Like that's the first basic thing that we all need, right? Like shelter, food, but like, ultimately like after that is it's all these stories and all these beliefs that we have that make us up as like a whole human and that's what is like this tangled ball of yarn and to your question of like how do you figure it out and how do you know it can be tricky to do it by yourself like i you know like i have a course where i guide people to do it on their own and like it works and you know I can even, we can do a process here where people can, you know, figure it out. Like, um, but you know, you hit it when it hits different. Meaning some people might say like, well, I have a fear of not being good enough, but that could just be something that they heard on a podcast one day. Mm. Right. Is like, and that's in the example I gave earlier about the fear of being incapable and invaluable, or I guess without having no value is his first answer was like, I'm not good enough. And like, you know, I've done it long enough is that I know that that's not his real answer. And like, cause again, that's fear coming in to protect this story. So if we have a story of being incapable, if we have a story of being unlovable or whatever the belief is, anything that threatens that identity, fear comes in to protect it. Mm. And so that's why you will hear people say like, you fight for your limitations why we're fighting for it is because that literally feels safe it feels familiar and so anything outside of our familiar normal you know quote unquote normal therefore it's a threat and our body like seriously and i know people know this like i feel it in my own limitations it feels that's when our heart rate starts to beat that's when we get uncomfortable because that's the fight or flight nervous system being activated like yo we are being threatened right now, even if it's like, like, you know, I could make more money. I could have an amazing relationship, like all the things, your dreams and desires, like you will, like, if you're familiar is pain and suffering, you will subconsciously choose that because that's your familiar. And so like with him saying, well, I think it's because I'm not good enough. That's just like the mental way of the ego trying to protect itself. I'm like, well, what are you really feeling? 
And then as soon as he said, um, you know, I'm invaluable, like you could feel it in the energy and in his voice and in his body language. That's just like, like deflating, dense, mm-hmm. heavy energy that then it's like, oh, I know that's what it is. Like it just hits different. Yeah, that's interesting. And so how do you kind of blanking here a little bit because I'm trying to think of how I want to take this conversation, <laughs> but it's almost like that, I guess, feeling of, let me see if I can try to articulate this, you know, like right now we're just having like a cool casual conversation, but it's almost like it takes your voice from being up here to, oh, it's kind of down here. Like that's it. Is that almost kind of the energy vibe of that you're describing? For sure. Yeah. You feel like exposed because you are okay it's almost like this like little unlock that activates a little bit more of you if you will yeah it's like and it's both right it can, it's uncomfortable and it feels like it can feel nauseous you can feel stressed and you can feel like all these different things because it literally is like you're out of your comfort zone which we know feels scary but that's where the freedom comes to so then how often would you say, and I'm interested to getting into that little part series, but I'm, I'm curious about this question a little bit more right now. We'll just, Oh, we lost you. Are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll keep pushing through it. Although I don't get to see your beautiful face right now. Um, <laughs> uh, it's so weird. Like, so I can see my face. I turned my Wi-Fi off just to be sure it's not is messing it, with it. Does it say your Wi-Fi, or maybe it's my Wi-Fi? I don't know. Is there like add. a, is there like a text on your screen right now? There's n- like text of saying like it's slow or something. Yeah. No. No. That's strange. And it's weird, yeah, because it wasn't doing this earlier when I was on it. Uh, recording currently. Um. Huh. I don't know. This is weird. I haven't seen this before. It says it's still recording. Well, um, I'm cool to keep pushing through it if you are. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I see you, so okay. I'll just <laughs> I won't get I won't get any of your facial expressions. So if you make a joke, you'll just have to let me know. All right, okay. cool. <laughs> All right, you're back. As just as I said that, mm, cool. Um, so how? So I do want to bring in like the little the little technique that you have for people that they can figure this out on their own. But but before we get to that, I'm curious how often do you dive into your fear like do you go maybe a certain amount of time and if it's like a week or two and you're like wait i haven't been afraid of something do you try to pursue (laughs) that like how like what what is your relationship like with fear and how often you pursue it if you will i like that question um i think this is really important too so is like naturally life is going to present you with circumstances that you aren't free from you know like how have you fear is fear reveals where you're not free. So mm-hmm. like at the beginning, I you do need to hunt for it. And that's like the first exercise I give a client or when they sign up for the course or, you know, in these circumstances, like the one of the first things I have people do is starting to track their trigger and become aware of their fear because most people aren't aware of what they're thinking and feeling. And that is what, you know, what's perpetuating the cycle. So it is the first step that you need to be very intentional and become aware. However, You know, I've practiced this for like, I don't know, 13 plus 14 years. So it's like, 
and of course I still have my own blocks and of course I still have my own subconscious and that's why I get coaches and all the things for, but I do practice a lot on myself. And like, I can give you an example this week. Um, fortunately I'm thankful for my awareness and I feel like that's just one of the gifts that I came on earth with, like even as a second grader, you know, like raising my hand, you know, to speak to a therapist. Um, but like, if I feel triggered, then I know that there's a subconscious fear, you know? And so it doesn't mean I have to dig into it and stop everything. And like, like everyone, I need to dig into my fear right now. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so it's not necessarily me just like stopping everything and obsessively looking into my fear so I can like, um, cause I feel like honestly, like, and I've done this myself where you can go overboard and that's actually even a fear in itself. It's this funny thing of like performance. And I was on a call yesterday with somebody and they have this persona, this identity that they are the brave one, that they are the confident one, that they are the strong one. Uh And so to everyone else, it seems like they are, they always have it together and that they're never afraid, but really is they've just buried their fear so deeply that they actually don't feel it and they just dismiss it. So what we were doing right is like actually going into what they were afraid of and what they were actually afraid of. Just long story short is their father, when they got, when the dad got angry, lost control. And so this person developed a story that emotions are terrible and it makes you a terrible person. And so she had a fear of losing control of her emotions and feeling them in general. And so then she shut them off and then appeared strong and in control in front of everybody. And so it was quite the process, but you can just see right how like even just the performance aspect of, I don't feel fear. It's like you do. Everybody does. Like that's okay. Like that's part of like being human. Like if you didn't feel fear, that's what they would call like a psychopath. You know what I mean? Is like, that part of your brain is just like off and like, that's not a good thing. Like you want to feel it. It's not a bad thing. It's a really, really, really good thing. It's how I view it as a compass is like fear showing you where to go if you want to grow. And so, um, shoot, dude, I got totally off. <laughs> what, what was the question originally? It was how it ties. So you were going to tie this back into how often you like look for fear, how often you pursue oh, yes, it. Yes. If it's just like, if it's like a maybe it's a good way to phrase it if it's like a passive or if it's like an active seeking out of fear yeah it's both i feel like if there's a trend going on so like um the last six eight months it's been really a active digging into my business specifically um and just because i realized like there's a lot of different things but it was And this all ties in perfectly. So like earlier this week, I noticed, so January was my best month that I've had in business, like money wise and also just thank you. And like, and how I did it. That's what's most important to me is like how I feel about it. And like the alignment of it, like I know a lot of people have lots of money, but they don't feel successful. And so it's when you are in your gift, when you're in your purpose, when you're making money and helping people, to me, that's just like the, like, you're just it's the icky guy right say what icky guy the japanese have you heard of this oh yes 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 yeah that's what it sounds like at least yeah so like it feels i mean that's what feels fulfilling to me at least um when all of those intersect and 
so but anyway like the other day i was just walking and i noticed like my initial thought about money was do i have enough for this month mm. even though i objectively definitely do like my initial like automatic thought assumption like you know storyline going on in my brain was do i have enough for this month and so i just noticed that i was like oh wow like i can't believe like that's literally just and where where that stems from is because as a kid like my mom like absolutely did her best bless her heart we and but she still struggled financially like um single parent five kids <laughs> and we moved a lot she changed jobs a lot she was laid off so there was always this worry that like are we going to be okay and at the same time we always were okay so there's this interesting paradox of belief within me of i know i'm always taken care of because i always have been and at the same time worrying of is there just like enough for this month like am i gonna make it past this month right and so that is my familiar right like that is literally my automatic my autopilot if you will of just wondering is this okay okay good is this okay good like all right we're good we got it instead of like what feels scary for me and this goes into what i've been working on the past um six months is building and increasing my financial capacity for overflow and wealth because part of my subconscious has believed that like like having a lot of money isn't good there's a lot of different reasons right is it could be prideful it could literally just feel wrong because what i'm used to is just getting by mm. and so if i'm doing anything other than just getting by then i'm now activated and you know there's so many beliefs that go into this but it could look at like spending money quickly it could look at you could be, you know, even just giving money away. That's the thing that people don't even realize. Like, I'm I'm such a good person and like I'm making so much money. Why am I like still just getting by? Is like because you don't realize like subconsciously you don't feel safe with having it. And for me, it was just like I knew that, but it was just another layer that I noticed this week of like, oh wow, like even after all these good things are happening, like so much momentum more than I've ever had, I, that still like creeps in. Mm. And I've even heard Oprah talk about this where, you know, obviously like a billionaire, um, she's, I remember years ago, she was talking about how I think she's still like, I'm, I'm not sure if she still does this, but she told the story about how she saved like a half eaten piece of toast. <laughs> You know, and like she talks about she still worries, you know, like she still is worried about running out of money. It's like literally Oprah, it would be so hard for you. You'd have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a day to run out of money. Like it would be difficult to run out, but that's her normal, right? Like she grew up in poverty. So that's what feels normal for her is to worry about money. That's what I find so fascinating. And there was something who forget what book I was reading, but they were talking about uh, who was it? Who was it? It was a famous musician. I mean, we can use Oprah for this example, though. But the example that they put out there was that Oprah has, or, you know, they had someone else in their story. But for example, if Oprah were to lose all of her money, she still has all of this internal value, right? Because of just who, the, her name, 
the fact that she's a great interviewer, she's put together a brand and I'm sure multiple brands at this point. So even if her net worth was to drop to zero, it's kind of comedical looking at it from the outside in, of course, because it's like she spent all of these years cultivating her skills and her abilities where if it was all to vanish, hypothetically, she's still going to do okay. I'm sure she has connections. She <laughs> could find a house. She could, you know, take out a loan, you know, all these different things. And yet even somebody, let's say at the hypothetical pinnacle of, you know, let's say A-list stardom still cultivates yep. these same familiar fears that we all are connected to. Yeah, dude. Like I've worked with, cause like I have my own podcast and now I've worked with even just like coaching some like successful people and just even just seeing behind the scenes. And like, for me as part of like the seeker in me, like I was looking for someone who had it all together. And what I found was actually like a lot of the most successful people are actually some of the most afraid. Mm. And which was so fascinating to me of like, wow, these people are still actually broken. You know, these people are still imperfect and that's not a shot against them. It's actually a really, really cool thing for everyone else listening of like, well, these people who we think like have the answer, like are actually still feel insecure. They still feel invaluable. They still don't feel lovable or like they're using whatever their success is to usually compensate for something else. Yeah. So you might only see like, wow, this person really has it together, but you don't see the other area where they don't have it together or where they feel incompetent. So it's just really important to remember, like we're all, we all have areas that we're here to learn about. We all have gifts and, you know, so it's like, like, yeah, just using like Oprah as an example, like literally like could not be more successful than that. Like, and she's still or did or whatever, like worried about money. Like that just shows that it's not what you have. Like it's obviously money is fantastic, but and success is great, but it's not really what you have, right? It's like the meaning you assign to the thing. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Mushy Love. Mushy Love is a latte type blendable mushroom caffeine free elixir that honestly tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll. And I know that you're going to find that on their website, but it's honestly true. It's stacked with more than twice the amount of mushrooms as any other mushroom latte. And I know that there's one in particular that we all think about, which kind of starts with the word mud, but this one blows that one out of the water. I highly, highly recommend if you even try that one to just give this one a shot. And I promise you that you will not, you will not be sorry because I just, uh, it's so good. It's honestly so good. And I want to get to a place where I can actually just, they send me these all the time for free. So please go and buy it because if you buy more then they'll start sending me more. And it's just honestly a win-win because it tastes amazing. Like even in water. So even if you're cutting, even if you don't want to like put milk in or coffee with it, you can just do it plain in water. And it's so freaking good guys. Go click the sponsors link below. Scroll down to mushy love Buy your pack today. Remember promo code Clayton promo code. I can't even talk right now. Promo code Clayton at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Mushy love mushrooms. Shouldn't have to taste like mud give yourself some mushy love yeah and we're meaning making machines so that is going to pop up everywhere so yep. then where this kind of gets interesting right is bringing in the let's say responsible aspect right i'm thinking back to our irresponsible mm -hmm. fear versus responsible fear if 
let's say I'm in a situation, right? And, and this is also going to kind of tie in when you were saying how in your childhood, how you always saw that there was this fear, but when you look back on it, you're like, oh, we were always like provided for taken care of. Where does this, let's say, join if, let's say someone's just starting a business, they don't have a lot of income, or even they're somewhere that they're not happy with, right? Even if they're in a job that they don't like, where does this like responsibility lie of, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to quit my job and move and, you know, raise my standard of living to $10,000 a month versus my income is only 2000 and the universe is just going to provide for me. And I'm just going to say, fuck it and do it. Like, <laughs> first of all, it's creating a lot of tension in my body. So I, I can tell where that com- that question's coming from, <laughs> but yeah, dude, how do you, how do you balance that? So I feel like it's completely personal. So we all have, we're all dev- designed a certain way. Um, like, so I quit my nine to five without a plan. Like, so how, what happened to me is in 2000, where are we? So 2000, the end of 2018, I made a big investment into a crypto fund. And I also got recruited for a new job. And this was a director job. I felt super cool about it. You know, like it doubled my salary. I felt awesome. And then, you know, the universe just works in such divine ways. And so I moved across the country. I moved away from home and I made this big investment. I invested $40,000 of debt, by the way, like it wasn't my money because the idea was to leverage the bank's money. That's how like wealthy people do it. Right. right? It's like, I'm not going to use my own money. And like, I, at this point, I felt responsible because I'm single. I have no like I have no debt. I have 401k. I have a six figure job. It was like I'm ready just to like get wealthy. Like I'm ready to start taking some bigger risks. And so move across the country, make this big investment, have a new job. I very quickly learn that this new job isn't for me. And but what I also learn is that it's not the job specifically it's just in general right like no matter where i go no matter what the title Mm -hmm. is no matter what the industry is is like this isn't for me and it felt like i was being repelled have have you ever tried to put like two magnets of the same charge together oh yeah as a kid and you're like like just go together and it's like slides up and down yeah (laughs) (laughs) i got it i got it and then you let go and it's (laughs) now (laughs) that's what it felt like of me trying to go into work. So I went from this, you know, overachiever, you know, working long hours person to having a difficult time. Literally, like I would show up late, take long lunches and leave early. (laughs) Sounds like me at the end of my job. (laughs) I was such a bad employee. And like, I was like this, you know, junior executive, but it's, it's all good. And, um, so very quickly I learned like, okay, this isn't for me. Like something's happening. Like what is happening? And eventually someone asked me the question because I was starting to consider like, should I leave this job? And I had a business. It wasn't coaching. It was just this other, like, um, we can just call it like influencer marketing idea, but it wasn't making any money. And so, but because I made this investment and it was starting to pay me pretty well monthly, I was like, okay, like I just had like it's literally physically difficult for me to stay at this job. So and I have no kids. I have like all these things like if I don't do it now, it's now or never. 
And why I bring this up is because it's actually could be the irresponsible thing for you to not take the leap right now. Mm. Right. It's such a flip on like, well, is this the responsible thing? It's like, it's actually irresponsible for you not to. Um, but in that moment when I quit, um, like my business wasn't making any money. And so I was just like, okay, like I can figure this out. Like I have like six months. Um, two months after I quit my job, I learned that I lost that $40,000. So that investment was actually a scam. Mm. So now I have no income and I lost $40,000. <laughs> it's a tough place to be. I know. And it, no, it's funny though, dude, is like, I'm just a sicko or something because like in this moment, I remember telling a friend, like I lost $40,000 so I could learn how to make $40,000. in my business and like of course it still sucks like i remember just like feeling like overwhelmed like it was such this mix of like i'm overwhelmed and i'm also so trusting it was this weird like my mind was what the fuck are you doing and my heart was like i just trust it like something's gonna happen and i actually made a video it's deep in my instagram feed but i made a video literally talking to the camera after it happened because I was like, I want this to be proof for everybody that I have no money. I'm in debt, but I'm trusting that it's working out. And so fast forward to March of 2020 and literally is like not knowing what to do. I started messing around with certain ideas and like I started a membership. I did my first retreat and from doing those things, I finally figured out what I wanted to do. And I was in a meditation right after the pandemic happened. Like, so right when the world shut down, I was at my mom's um, because that job that I moved across the country for, I quit, right? And then I started Mm -hmm. just traveling around trying to figure out where to go. And then eventually I moved and I was nomadic. And then when pandemic happened, I landed at my mom's. And I was in a meditation and then the fear guy came through and I was like, that's not my idea. And I was like, I don't want to be a coach. Like what? You know? Cause I thought coaches were cheesy and like know-it-alls and like just douchebags. <laughs> and so the irony, right? It is the irony. And so my mom reflected back to me. She's like, Ben, you've literally been doing the same thing for years at work. You know, like my favorite thing to do at my job was to have conversations with people and to coach them. Like my job was to coach people. And I was like, oh, that isn't that ironic, right? It's like, I'm literally like my favorite thing at work is what like I'm being called to do right now. And so then I made the question, like I asked this question in the meditation. I was like, am I on the right path? And the chills that I got on my body are something like I've never felt. And so I just knew that that was my answer of like, okay, I'm on the right path. Like, let's just go with it. And so I rebranded my Instagram page. I rebranded my podcast, everything that I had within a week or two. I transferred everything to the fear guy. And once I made that announcement, I signed four clients within a week. And so that irresponsibility, just to bring that word back, right, was completely delusional. Are you kidding me? Like, I just lost $40,000. My business wasn't making any money. I rebranded, but then I finally signed four clients. And that was like, okay, sweet, you're on the right path. And there's still obviously learning curves from that point, but that's just such a checkpoint for people who are like, is this the responsible thing for me to do? Is like, 
some people aren't meant to quit their job like I did. Some people need to take a slow. Like their nervous system and how you learn and how you adapt, it would probably derail you, right? It would do more harm than good. But for me, how I'm designed, like I'm an I'm an all or nothing person. Like, <clears throat> like I did the side hustle thing for a minute. And then I was just like, nah, I just gotta do this thing. Like that's for me what my heart and is being called to. So it's completely um, personal and unique. Like I'm not going to, I don't believe in just one blanket an answer for everybody is it's like, you know what you're being called to do, right? Cause you're probably right. afraid of doing it. And it's like, it doesn't mean you have to do it tomorrow. Maybe you do. Maybe that's what you're, maybe you've been putting it off for months or years, but it's like, maybe the smart, maybe you do want to quit because it's like, you're avoiding the hard work and your growth will be to, be like slowly building it so then it's like okay i have half of my monthly expenses covered like my leap will now be to quit and figure it out the rest out so it's completely different based on the individual gotcha yeah it's interesting and i know the audience has heard this a million times but i was very much in the same situation of you where you know i just ended up just quitting my job without a plan and you know through that process travel the world and started my podcast along the way so definitely in that same boat as you <laughs> in regards to just doing it and so maybe that kind of even kind of it comes back to it right because like if you're now in this situation where you just had the best month that you've ever had with this business is there a piece of you that wants to pursue let's say even more fear right where <laughs> you want to increase your cost of living say i don't know Right. And this is, it's funny because this is kind of where it comes back to your responsible, you're responsible where, you know, the wealth management people would say, okay, you just had your best month. Don't increase your cost of living, save more money. But then there's like a piece of me that's like, okay, if I just save it, it's not doing anything. It's just sitting there getting <laughs> dust on it. So like, where do you kind of see like in your current situation, how do you pursue more fear in terms of money or do you kind of just ride out the comfortability of it? Like, where do you sit in that dilemma? Yeah, I feel like, again, it's completely personal, meaning like doing the responsible thing and uh, air quotes responsible could actually be if you're resisting that it could be your own trauma response. Meaning is like, I love chaos so much that I always want to be in unpredictability. Like mm. I always want to suffer. I always want to try and figure it out. I want to bring my bank account to zero. So then it's like, oh, it feels exciting again to trying to get it back up. So like, but also if you're anxious about just like, oh, like I always got to do the safe thing. It's like, yo, you got to take some risks too. So it's completely dependent on like where you're feeling anxious. Like for me personally right now is I've done a lot of risk taking <laughs> right now. The season of life I'm in is, you know, I have a family. And so it's taking that and building on it. Um, it doesn't mean it's like not. It's definitely investing. I always think we're always investing. It's just like, what are you invested in? This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Conscious Technologies, LLC. Talk about an aligned company name. This company creating technology that will revolutionize the way that humanity is able to resonate or vibrate with the electromagnetic frequency of your phone, of your Wi-Fi router, of the light bulbs in your house, of really anything. What they do is they have created these 
amazing minerals, amazing units that you can either place on the back of your phone, you can wear it as a necklace, or they even have like little in-house generators, if you will, that can unify the entire field of an entire house. I've experienced these things in person and I unequivocally can tell you that it does something and it helps you feel more present, more calm, and more connected to the spiritual dimension, if you will. And I highly recommend that you also check out episode number 034, where I actually talked to one of the co-founders and it blew my mind away. One of my favorite episodes where we actually get into how he creates it, why it's created. And, you know, if this wasn't enough of a sell for you, go check out that episode because I know that it will sell you after that. Conscious Technologies, LLC, harmonizing the planet one person at a time. Right. Like if I'm staying at a job I hate for years, you are invested in that job. You're invested in your suffering. So it's not whether you're invested or not. It's what are you invested in? And what I'm invested in right now is growth, like like wealth and reaching more people. Honestly, like I I felt like before January when we can get into it, but like I was definitely pretty immature. Like even though I had tons of business training, I was like, it was almost like I was escaping my nine to five. And like, I know that's the thing that we use to like sell people, right? Escape the nine to five, but in a way of like rebelling against it. And if you're ever rebelling against something, you know that you're not coming from a healed place Mm. because you're still fighting something. Like if you're fighting something, you're really not free from it. And so I feel like I've finally like, okay, I'm not trying to just like obsess over my freedom of traveling wherever I want and avoiding all sense of responsibility I've accepted responsibility. I've accepted my calling and as a leadership and as a dad and as a partner. And so like, it feels good saying it, dude, of like, I'm here to build, I don't even, I don't want to call it an empire. I don't, (laughs) but like, um, just like long-term sustainable success. Like one of my year, one of my words for this year is sustainable. Meaning it's like, uh, hey, we can rely on this. Like we can rely on this month, month to month instead of, oh, am I going to make it? Because I've done a few years of that. Like, yes, I've been taken care of. Yes, I've lived, had awesome vacations and da, 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 and taken big risks. And it's all led me perfectly to this moment. But my stretch right now is being responsible. So to answer your question is your stretch actually might to be responsible like mine is right now. And I guess that's where it comes down to like the individual of, you know, where are you at in the process? Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And kind of the thing that I was thinking of, because this is something that I've thought of as well in regards to like my podcast is that idea of how do you want to, how should I, like that sustainability versus like almost like an Icarus where you just rise so fast Mm -hmm. and get burned by the sun, you know? Yeah. And that was something that has like really been something that I've kind of been dealing with because I'll, I get caught up in like seeing other podcasts or other spiritual content creators who have, you know, maybe 20, 20 episodes out, but then there are all these like super high profile people. And, you know, then you get caught in this like comparison game. And so I find it very fascinating, the idea of sustainability, where it's like almost like laying these groundwork, laying these pieces and creating that solid foundation, if you will. So do you kind of view your business, your model of money in a similar fashion where 
you are now, it sounds to me from my perspective that you're now kind of cultivating out the, the, you're harvesting the seeds almost that you had planted years ago. Do you feel like that's where you're at in your journey and you're just now back to planting more seeds? <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel like it's a mix of always planting and always harvesting. What I feel called to answer that with, with like, because I'm such a chill, go with the flow person, I was actually using that as a way to escape responsibility. So what was that? What were you using? Like, meaning I was just saying, like, I trust everything will work out. Mm. And like, I know that, like, I truly do know that, like, I know I'm always taken care of. But do I want to do more than that? Right? Do I want to just and I know I'm meant for more than just that more than meant for just like, I'm taking care of month by month, you know, like not in extreme poverty, like I'm definitely li living very good. But like, even the thought of just having to wonder about that is a distraction. And so the level of joy and wealth and service and like impact that I want to make, I can't live like that. And so it's going like, I just realized that I was using the term surrender as bypassing. Mm. Like I was actually afraid, you know, of failure. And so I wasn't going all in on my offerings on like committing long-term to the vision and to the strategy and to the marketing and like how I would show up is just like, okay, it's time for a launch. It's time to put in some work. Um, and then I'm gone. Like once I make money, uh, like you guys probably won't see me for a while. Mm. And then that was the trend for me. And instead of like, I'm consistent, like doesn't mean that I don't take breaks or whatever, but just like that consistency and that reliability and that always showing up, um, like regardless of the result is truly where I noticed the biggest shift in my business next month. Like, like I know this is fun and this is me and this is my passion. It's my purpose. And also I've just, something has clicked with like the business aspect of it of, and it's not just like the point of making money. It's like this weird, but cool intersection of me owning my own power, knowing my value and sharing that and like being more confident is really what's been the, been the secret sauce of really now, because people feel that right. Like, because I know my value now, people respond to that. That's interesting. Can, let's, let's dive into that a little bit more because I know in my life, where I'm currently sitting, right? I, I feel like I'm very much in that same space that you were talking about, like the surrender and everything's going to be all right. I literally even just read a book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. I love that book, bro. So good. Dude, I, I finished it in a day and a half. I was like, <laughs> I could not put that thing down. I was like, so good. I was like, oh, where's this going to go? What's going to happen next? I highly recommend <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a spiritual adventure book, dude. I love yeah, it. Yeah, dude. It was, it was fascinating. And so that book like really captivated me. But then kind of like the, the guy on the other shoulder, if you will. Um, I know you're familiar with Christina Rice, who... Yep. I love, love Christina and her kind of the book that she put out is all about kind of co-creating with the universe of being the person who is also here to impose their will that feels wrong, but to be able to create the reality that you want to create as well. And so 
I feel like there's like this interesting, like quasi in between, in between surrendering <laughs> and actually co-creating. So how have you been able to find that balance within yourself, within your business and everything that you're pursuing? Dude, amazing question. Yeah. Like I feel like I've hit a sweet spot because I have gone to both sides, right. Of like, and I know I'll continue to refine it, but in the corporate world, I definitely was like, like, uh, just the hard worker, like the grinder, the hustler, like just like, that was the answer. And then like what I just talked about, because I was rebelling against that partially knowing it partially subconsciously of like, man, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I'm tired and there is this, but, and then I found out of like, oh, like I'm still playing the victim. Like, and just a quick story of like, I realized, so people like Christina or people like I've had awesome people on my podcast. Like, do you know the holistic psychologist? Uh, I want to say yes. I know I've seen her tagged or post in multiple places. Yeah, so like, so Dr. Nicola Opera, the holistic uh, yeah, psychologist. Yeah, I read, teach- uh, what book did I read of hers? How to do the work. Yeah. I read like the first half of it and then I was like, okay, I kind of under, I've kind of already done this if you will. And so I kind of, bowed out. <laughs> yeah. but, but I could, t- I could tell everything that she had written in that book was like completely on point and like legitimate. So definitely yeah. a plus it's- approval. Yeah. So she has, I don't know, like probably like 6 million followers now. And so like I launched this course and like we're, you know, friends. It's not like we talk every day, but we've built a relationship over the last few years. And so I made a big ask of like, hey, would you be open to doing an Instagram live to help me promote the course? She said, yes. You know, I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to sell thousands. Yeah. She has millions of followers, <laughs> you know. Um, And then what happened is like. I didn't sell any from that. And I realized is because I was expecting her to save me. Mm. Right. Like, of course, like I built the course, I've put in the work and all these things, but my energy still was like, I can't do this on my own. Like I need someone else to lift me up. And so I've realized like over relying on collaborations is actually like a victim mentality. And I've noticed this right with like, this podcast guest, this interview, this, whether it's me having them on mine or me being on theirs, like, oh, like, this would be the thing. I promise, like, this would be the, this would be the thing that finally makes me blow up, right? It's like, it's like a lottery mentality of when I hit the lottery, everything will be okay. And, and in some ways, it served me because I kept showing up, you know, of like, like, okay, this will be the thing, this will be the thing, this will be the thing. Um, but, now I've known that was just a way of me like, you know, not stepping into my power. And so why I bring this up, because it's part of that quasi in between of like, okay, like I can surrender, but real surrender is when you give it your all, like literally you give your hundred percent and then you surrender. What I was giving, I was giving like 90 or 95% calling it fully committed and then surrendering, but that's not surrender right? That's called bypassing. So the big breakthrough I had last month was like, okay, I know I'm being called to fully give my heart into something. Like I could just feel it. It was like, Ben, you've got to give it all. And that looked like a lot of different ways, but I just learned that 99% committed means you're really not fully, like you're not committed at all, actually. Like you still have one foot in, one foot out. It's night and day. Like I experienced the the all in 
versus the 99% and it feels completely different. Mm. So, I, and I've had many moments of that life, you know, like rebranding my business, like signing for one client, signing for clients in a week, you know, like that's an all in moment. I've had in like love and relationships, I've had all in moments in uh, like in other own oh, music, I've had all in moments and I've felt that like, oh my God, like this is it. Like this is, I feel like a superhero. And I felt that again last month and it all kind of clicked of like, oh, this is like what it's like for me. Like I found that mix for me of like that frequency, that attunement, that alignment of being able to give it my all and then surrendering. But what I realized, and this is a fascinating point related to fear too, is there's a part of us that wants to say that we gave it our all and fail so we can say that we still tried. And then I found this part in me, meaning like it felt like I was giving my all, you know, I quit my job. I've invested lots of money. Like I've done all the things and, but I wasn't at the level I was at, but my ego could still say, well, you gave it your best, but did I like, no, obviously not because I've reached this new level. So it's this tricky level, tricky little thing of only, you know, and if you're wondering, you're probably not giving it your all. If you're questioning mm. it, like now I know like, Ooh, cause I found it like I hit a new level of devotion. I found a new, like just level, I guess. And like something snapped, something clicked how I, how I explain it. It was like, when you know a glow, when you crack a glow stick yeah, and like lights up, yeah, that's what it felt like. It's like an internal literally, enlightenment almost. <laughs> yeah. It literally felt like I've, it might've been my pineal or pineal gland. Like literally like I felt it snap. Huh? Like I was like, Ding. that doesn't and sound like, good <laughs> <laughs> in the best way. It was awesome. <laughs> I gotcha. And then I felt like I was legit. Like this isn't hyperbole. I felt like I was high on ecstasy for two and a half days. <sighs> because I was on that like God frequency. I was literally so in tune and so aligned, like not on any drug, just on pure service, pure, like my heart was just pouring in and open because I decided to commit regardless of what the result was. Cause I was still holding back. Like I was still, and so many people do this, myself included, right. Of like, we're hedging for failure. Like we're bracing for failure instead of planning for success. I've, I've felt that one time in my life. And that was whenever I, decided that I was going to quit when I was like, yes, I'm quitting. Yeah, dude, it was that. I still remember that high to this day. Like yeah, it was lasted like it lasted about five days. And then my boss said something that kind of pissed me off. And then that was, <laughs> it brought me back down. <laughs> but, uh, it was like validation of why I was quitting kind of deal. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, that was like, that's like a moment in my life that I try to figure out how to, let's say cultivate it as like frequently as possible because like, man, yes. dude, that cloud nine, I, I even say cloud 10, like, cause that was like one of the most like, like, like feelings I've ever yeah. been in. Dude, it was even mesmerizing people around me where they're like, dude, how excited you've been the last two days. Yeah. Like I've like want to pursue something now. Like it changes people around you. Yeah. How have you, how did you, I don't know how to articulate this question. Do you, do you feel that more frequently now or yes. you feel that more frequently? So what is it that, and, and maybe this is that committing to like something completely fully. Is there like how I, I, the basic question is how, but is there like the questions that you ask? Is it 
this thing that you were talking about earlier that you kind of walk yourself through and getting yourself back to this place? Or is it almost like this game of like a tug of war where you're like kind of always kind of flowing mm-hmm. back to it and in and out of fear? Or like what, like where I'm kind of lost for words here. How do you, how do you get back there? How do we get back to that? That's the basic question. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I feel like that's the question of life, you know, it's like such a big life question of, and I'm not sure if you or how many of your listeners have done like plant medicine or psychedelics, but there's also, there's always the come down mm. and, you know, uh, Ram Dass talks about like when he first started doing mushrooms, like they did like an absurd amount, like every day, multiple trips a day, like when they were first like studying it and what, he, you know, I, he mentions it in the be here now book of just like but there's always a come down Mm. like no matter how high you get you're always coming back down that's literally just life like we're on a wave like frequency color sound everything's a wave so like we're always like gonna go up and down up and down and like that's just it's the rhythm of life so i feel like it's not trying to replicate it because i feel like that's definitely a slippery slope of even like relationships you know as people like i felt so amazing with this person and it's like well you were probably trauma bonding Mm. like you know it's like you had this you set like it's not the person it's the story you were telling yourself about this imaginary relationship that you're still so connected and attached to instead of the reality and it's like you keep trying to go back there you know and so I feel like these moments are important for us because they're reminders. The same thing with when I first started doing, um, my first experience was MDMA or what people would call like ecstasy. And it completely blew my mind, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> because I, it was so different than how people described it. Like it was people described it as such like a party drug, you know, it's like, like you're losing your mind and like the lights and you just want to touch everybody. I, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, you know? Yeah. But I just, that was for me at that point, my fear was saying yes to that because I grew up in such a religious household and I knew I was judging people who were doing it. So I was like, okay, it's time for me to try. And um, I did it. And why it completely blew my mind is because what happened is like it, everything from my neck down, it felt like a vault opened in my neck and all of my head knowledge dropped into my body. Mm. Like I literally felt the most in my body than I've ever felt, which was completely different because I thought it was just like you get messed up in your head and you know, you're tripping, but I was so in my body. And why I bring this up is because I feel like those experiences are not too like, I mean, they are, they are awesome. Like they feel so good. And that's why it's, kind of slippery sometimes because we want to keep going back to that and like relying on those substances to get us there um but now i like i've definitely had experiences where it's like you don't need it like that's just the reminder you know it's a quicker way to get there um and but for some of us possibly for all of us though it's like it can serve as like the anchor you know of like oh i've been there before and it can open that vault, you know, it can open that space where you can access it again. And that feeling and those chemicals and the energy and the frequency. So it's like, I've been able to access it more frequently and more often because I know the formula 
was all in. Mm. It was fully committed. And also for me, it was like when I show up in service, because that's when I'm giving my heart. And so it's like, um, like when I first felt that, I felt no fear, which was funny because I was like, I know this is going to come down, but I'm not worried about it. But then when I did start to come down, I was like, oh, shoot, you know, like, how am I going to get back here? Mm. Because it was at the beginning of my launch. And I was like, man, I just want to be on this the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and, um, and then again, right, like we always come down and like we have to, like we are in human bodies. It doesn't mean that we can't experience joy or bliss all the time, but we're experiencing duality. And so it was the, definitely the biggest come down of my life, like pretty wild. But then I kept like having hints of it, like in meditations and stuff like that. And then at the end of the registration, I did a walking meditation with some friends. And it was a Dr. Joe Dispenza walking meditation. Like we went to a park and I realized again it was like, okay, it was like this all in thing. Like it was inviting me. It was asking me to go all in. And my version of all in at that moment was like completely just like dancing so hard in public. Like, you know, no one knows what's going on. Like we have our headphones in and we're all just like, no one went as like, I guess, visually hard as I did. Like I went, I was like throwing down. You seem like a pretty calm guy too. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, but that's what music was for me too. Like music was a way to channel that like lion inside of me, like that full in fully expressed. And so just like, yes, I am calm. And also I'm all the other things, you know, like, uh, like just doesn't mean like, like I'm like this all the time. So like at the tail end of it was a completely like, I just like anchored the feeling of like, oh, like this is what it is. And then I connected all the other experiences in my life where I felt that. And so it's like, you know, it's not about returning there because I think it's about even expanding beyond that and reaching new levels of commitment and like truly going all in. And yeah, dude, like I feel, I know that you know that feeling, but then life happens and then we question it. You know, the boss says something or, we go all in. Like I remember meeting this girl and it was around the same time where I got the new job, moved cities and made this investment at the same time. I met this girl who I thought was the love of my life. And I literally like fully gave my heart like before I had never done it. Like, cause it was just kind of like, Oh, like we'll see. Mm. This was fully like, Oh my God, this is why I moved here. Like, thank you universe. Da, 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 da. And long story short, didn't work out at, you know, went down as fast as it went up. And so I just know what it feels like, right? Like when you give your heart to something and then it doesn't happen the way you think it should happen is that's when you close up again. That's when the fear comes in. But it's the duality of being able to keep your heart open regardless of the result. And I feel like I'm starting, I'm getting better. Definitely not perfect, but definitely getting better at that. It sounds like the old saying of it's better to have loved than lost than to have never loved at all. Exactly. Cause that's not really love. <laughs> yeah. So how, cause you were saying multiple times is give it your all, give it your all, give it your all. And I, I'm, how do I want to articulate this? Are there some like practical examples you could give of 
whether or not people give it their all, or is it just as simple as sitting on your bed and asking yourself, am I giving it my all? And you just know the answer. Yeah, bro. I mean, like if you're questioning it, then you know, you're not Mm. It's like, if someone is staying at a job, if someone's staying in a relationship, if someone loves their relationship, but still isn't whatever. Right. And like, it's okay. Like, first of all, is there's always going to be a new level. So don't get caught up in just like the high, right. Of like chasing the high. Um, but at the same time, like those big daunting things and decisions that we're just holding back and not doing what we really love. It's like, if you're not doing it, you know, this episode of traveling to consciousness is brought to you by Aquarius mushrooms and Aquarius mushrooms creates what I can only describe as these fine art sculptures that are all one of a kind and these plush mushroom fabric sculptures. They're what I would describe as being like little trip buddies. They're perfect for anyone who has a room that is dedicated to spiritual adventures or anyone who is looking for a fine piece of art that is one of a kind. I think I said that, but one of a kind to enhance their psychedelic experience. I'm sober and I look at mine all the time and it just oozes out this creative and spiritual energy that I it's hard for me to stop looking at sometimes. And so if you are on even maybe just smoking some weed, like I can only see how this thing would open up a portal to a new world. So I highly recommend that you click the sponsors link below, scroll down where you see Aquarius mushrooms, click their website and see if any of them speak to you. Because if it does, I can only imagine how it's going to speak to you in the real world. Aquarius mushrooms, mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. Like it's that simple, you know, it's like, like, can you ever, and then my next question would be like, well, what's preventing you from going all in? Mm. And then you might say money. It's like, that's yes, but no. <laughs> yes, but no, it's <laughs> probably something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking about it in terms of my podcast and you know, that's, I guess where I'm coming from. And I think the blaring answer is that I could probably be doing more, you know, every day. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're hinting at is like, if you feel like you should be doing more or there's more that you could be doing to pursue that whether or not you know whether or not you know if it's going to be beneficial for your desired outcome it's still to just almost do is that a fair way to put it yeah i mean i feel like that's what surrender is you know okay like the author of that book michael a singer i mean i don't know him and of course there's so much nuance like in a 200 page book you can't know every emotion he was feeling at every moment like i definitely know he probably experienced fear but it was like he was an active participant it seemed like right like he was saying yes to it right it wasn't like he was like it it actually went against everything he wanted right and i feel like that's a really important thing to say right is like he was saying yes because in a weird way like he was doing what he was afraid of because he felt like Hmm, I've never made this connection. So this is good, right? It, it was similar to me, actually. Like he was saying like he wanted to live that hippie life on the land, in his van, meditating by himself. And then long story short, right? The universe brought him lots of people and lots of responsibility. And he didn't want responsibility. So he actually, very interesting. Like that through line is <clears throat> like what I feel with my life right now of, I know I've been, get like here to be responsible and to be a leader. And I know I've been avoiding that in in some ways, not, not completely, but 
I felt like I've accepted that and I was reflecting on it today. Like my calendar is definitely more full than it's ever been. Mm. And so it's not necessarily about more like things. Maybe it's just more heart, you know, like the energy that you're giving could be completely different. Maybe it's less, you know, maybe you're doing more because you feel like you need to be doing it and that's your fear speaking and maybe saying no and doing less is your edge. So, but for me personally is, yeah, it's like saying yes to responsibility because it feels easier to just, you know, lay on a beach and travel the world. And like, that's not bad. Like I, I loved it and I'm still going to do that. Like that's definitely like, you know, next step with the family is, you know, in the next few months we want to go to a beach, but, um, is, oh yeah, dude, it's, like, it's just, what is your heart like calling you to do? Like, and, and everyone kind of knows it because it might be, it might be tugging at them. You know, like if you're thinking about something again and again and again and again, that's how you know, that's what you really want to do. Mm. Yeah. Especially if it has that repetitious, like coming up, like, oh yeah, I thought about that again. I thought about this again. Maybe I should do that. And what's also feeling called to me is like, this could be a good time to discuss what you know, that little mechanism or the little, whether it's the questions you were talking about to help address your root of fear, because it seems like to me in this conversation, it could be a good point of entry of, okay, do I know if I'm doing all that I can, or is it more out of fear that I'm not doing all that I can? Is it, (laughs) am I afraid to surrender or am I afraid to do more? And that could honestly be a good route of figuring out which camp you're lying in as well. Yeah, dude, I love that. Do you mind if I ask you questions? Are you down for it? Am I about to get vulnerable? <laughs> if, if you want, it's your choice. I do it on the podcast all the time. I just mentally, let me let me get situated here. <laughs> mentally, physically, put my, emotionally. Put my vulnerability pants on. <laughs> all right. And you can go as, just as whatever you feel safe with. You can pass. You can say no, what, whatever you dude, want. Dude, uh, it's I know... The more vulnerable you get, the more, uh, what's the words I'm looking for? The more I get out of it, the more the audience gets out of it. So let's do it. Let's do it. I'll go playing things on the deepest possible. So you've definitely brought up your podcast a a few times, Mm -hmm. right? And so I definitely feel like that's where your heart is. So, and I don't know, you know, your whole backstory and we can get into it. Um, but just my first question would be of like, first, I guess the question would be like, what would you do if it was impossible to fail? What would I do if it was impossible to fail? Well, I love the fact of interviewing people every week or so, you know, being able to put up, because I, I learned so much shit through this. Even I can even feel in this line of questioning about to learn a lot of shit. and traveling just you know i feel like i've been in my current situation for a very long time and you know i want to get back to being in a different city every every Mm -hmm. month my dream is to like live somewhere for three months and then travel for a month come back to that place for three months Mm -hmm. i keep telling people it's san diego that i want to live in san diego for three months travel somewhere for a month live in san diego for three months and then rinse and repeat so that's kind of my ideal situation right now but yeah okay i love that and so 
Like to get there, what do you need to do? Well, the conscious mind is saying that I need to increase the number of people listening to the podcast so that I'm able to increase revenue from ads or from, you know, increase the money basically coming in. But there's a piece of me that's even saying right now that it could just be another product offer or coaching or something else that is a possibility to provide more value for the, you know, and I don't want to say it's a limited number because I have, a, you know, it's a solid number of people listening to the podcast. So first of all, shout out to you guys. And, <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, so it's finding a way, and this is a balanced thing because this comes back to probably some sort of money thing as well, where, you know, I want to provide them with something that's valuable, that's going to help them. And I don't want it to come across as something that is uh, just a money grab, if you will. Yeah. Because I've seen that happen before. And that's like the very last thing that I want to do for the audience or for anybody. Amazing, dude. So that that's a big thing right there. Um, so right now, so you are monetizing the podcast, but it's like you want to take it to the next level. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. So what's preventing you from going to the next level? You kind of mentioned one thing, right? Of like, well, I don't want people to think I'm just in it for the money. Like what else comes up? What else comes up? Feels like uncertainty in the direction to go with it. Like, what is it, right? Is it a meditation type thing? Is it channeling? Is it, um, is it coaching sessions? Is it a month long package thing? Is it... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's an indecision of knowing what the audience would love or benefit them the most. Amazing. So have you tried anything like that so far? I've put out a meditation retreat, which unfortunately has now been canceled because not enough people signed up for it. In talking with the facilitator, she had said stuff along the lines of, how majority of the people usually have like a working meditation class. And then that's how they like recruit people to come to a retreat, which totally makes mm. sense. Uh, because you know, if you've never worked with Clayton before in meditating, then you're not just going to go to a retreat in the middle of Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was actually a really good learning experiment experience just to know like that as like a fundamental thing. So yeah, I think that answered the question. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's literally no wrong answer. Okay. So, so the K, okay, this is really cool. Thanks for going here, dude. Um, <clears throat> so, and I like how you brought this up of how this thing, this meditation retreat, even though it's a good learning experience, right? It's still providing evidence of, uh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that, you know, and it brings in that hesitation energy of into doing something else besides the podcast. Mm. So you have all these ideas, you know, you could do any of them, you could do multiple of them. What is the thing that would just, the first thing that pops up right now, like, what is the thing? It's just like, Ooh, that would just be so dope to do that. I think meditation, guiding people through meditation. I love it. So that's like an app or just in general. That's a good question. Um, I guess in general, first thought is like a group scenario. I do 
currently have an app that I could put more meditations on it, just record more and just put them out there in like a little package deal, if you will. Yeah, I I mean, now I see a lot of it could be private, it could be one on ones, it could be because, man, like the types of man meditations are damn near infinite, you know, whether it's, exactly yeah. it doesn't mean med- you're just sitting there in silence with somebody, yeah. you know, there you can do so many different things with that. Right. Okay, cool. So that sounds like would that be your question or your answer to the question? Like, what would you do if it was impossible to fail? Help people like, teach meditation. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be it. Okay, cool. So along besides like, you know, the discomfort with asking for money, what else is preventing you from, you know, leading people through the meditation process? I think the scheduling, the doing, I think this comes back to our conversation about surrender versus doing. And for majority of my life, like I was a software engineer. And so for majority of my life, very logically minded, very much in do Mm -hmm. energy. And I do see a lot of power in that or power a lot of uh energy i guess and positive movement but i don't know if right now i'm just like kind of i kind of feel like i'm in this state especially after reading that book where it's like oh well i'll just (laughs) surrender and you know if i'm supposed to teach people meditation they'll kind of just come to me and i'll you know guide them as i as they show up if you will okay so what feels does that feel true or does that feel like avoidance avoidance uh, <laughs> was a little bit of a stronger word when you said it yeah so <laughs> okay. yeah and i love i love your awareness of being able to notice that right yeah. and that's what i would assume too yeah um <clears throat> so it feels easier it almost feels easier to surrender yeah. yeah i love that bro right and it's like there's nothing wrong with ease you know like and let me just offer you this sure. what makes your life harder like fully committing to that or resisting the thing and letting people come as like, you know, using the quote unquote surrender, what makes your life harder? I'd rephrase it this way. It makes me feel less empowered mm-hmm. to fully surrender because this kind of comes back to that dichotomy of like the, let will say the Christina co-creation and the Michael Singer surrender. You know, it's a, it feels like that combination of, uh, where was I going with that? That if, uh, what was the question again? Um, it was, what is making, what would make your life harder? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So it just feels like it's like almost disempowering, right? That I am not this co-creator if I'm fully stepping into the surrender. And so it's what, but how does that tie into make my life harder? Because so essentially what I'm getting to is like, it actually makes your life more difficult by not doing what you're being called to do. Yeah. Because it feels like if you're in that space of disempowerment, then that just breeds the difficulty or the hardship that's going to come with it. Correct. So I just wanted to point that out, right? Of like, we want things to be easy, which nothing's wrong with that. Like there's a lot of beauty and simplicity and ease but right is like are we using it a way to actually stepping into our worth into our power like and you used empowerment so i I imagine that's something so it's like i feel like there's definitely something with like the way people perceive you so if you dive into the money thing 
or just in general, like how do you want people to perceive you? Hmm. It's a difficult question for me to answer because I feel like it's, that's something that's completely out of my control. (laughs) It feels like to me, I just kind of want to, I guess how I perceive myself, we can start there is that I'm just kind of on this quest to find deeper truths and whatever it is, you know, in this conversation, obviously fear is the deeper truth that I'm trying to pursue. So I guess I would like for people to see that I don't hold all the answers that I am merely kind of just on this journey of just figuring shit out, if you will. Mm. Okay. This is keep going. And so, yeah, so I don't really want to, uh, I don't really ever want to anchor in a specific truth, if you will, because I feel like it can always be kind of changed or molded or seen in a different light. Yeah, this is great, dude. So it's like you, I imagine why people have been drawn to you, right? So far as like, he's just a traveling truth seeker, Mm. you know, and like, and that feels good. And so if you do decide to commit to one thing, right? If you say, I'm doing this thing, um, instead of like, just being the guy who's figuring it out, when you step into your power and you say like, hey, here's the thing I'm teaching, what do you feel in your body? Like when you step into your, when you put your teacher pants on, your hat, like that power, like if you say, hey, I'm here to do this, that's freaking It go. feels limiting. Mm. Yeah, it feels like I could do more, which is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. What does that mean? Like it feels like meditation is just one piece of the pie but exactly so like if you decide to do meditation does that mean you're doing that one thing for the rest of your life no is there how are you limiting yourself by only doing the podcast right now limiting myself well i guess that's just another piece of the pie (laughs) (laughs) exactly how are you limiting the people you serve by only doing the podcast right now it's only serving you know one piece maybe i guess now i'm kind of looking at it as like a as opposed to a piece of the pie the podcast would be like one of the pies in a bakery right and versus (laughs) like like another pie would be you know meditation if you will I love that, bro. I love how you went from a piece of the pie to the whole bakery, dude. You're already expanding. I love it. <laughs> step by so, step. I love it, dude. So, okay, cool. So, what feels more like sticky or heavy to you? Is it like people finding out that you're charging? Is it just like um, the money piece of it? Is it stepping into your own power? Like, what else is really preventing you from doing this thing? It sounds like you know what you want to do mm-hmm. and there's truth in it. So what else, like, tell me the reasons why you can't do it. Like, I can't do this because why? Uh, the first one's thinking that nobody would come or show up. Okay, great. But that's not entirely true because I do have an email list that is getting started or that has been building with like a meditation, a free meditation challenge. So it's like, that's already a limiting belief that I know is inaccurate, but I guess I'm still holding on to it, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it is, right? And like, 
it's important to notice like when we notice these things come up like people like you and i am you know people listening when we get these thoughts sometimes we automatically discard them Mm -hmm. and it's like well i know that's not true but it's really important just to get everything down like if you're writing in a journal or just noticing something coming up like don't just immediately disregard it or try and reframe it because there's a part of you that still believes that right and like it's really important just to acknowledge its existence this episode of traveling to consciousness is brought to you by revive cbd now i know what you're thinking another cbd product and typically i would completely agree with you i've gone through all my trials and tribulations with cbd products but this cbd cream is unlike anything else honestly i don't know what it is but there's something in the technology of it that it helps absorb into your skin and actually get to the place that aches and soothes your muscles almost instantaneously it's close to instant it's probably about a five to ten minute activation that i've noticed but sometimes it goes a little bit quicker and so i know it can be difficult for the find the right one and this was my personal favorite that i found after long enough (laughs) i don't want to go back to that dark time but I found it, it works amazing, and the creator of it is an incredible guy. So I highly recommend you click the sponsors link below, click on the Revive CBD tab, and get yours today. Revive CBD, feel better, live better, all premium, all natural CBD products. Not all of you, like I know, For sure. like you just said, right? Like it's still silly. So like, just allow that to be here because that's part of the acceptance piece of just allowing it to be here and not pushing it away or repressing it. So you're saying just so to if you speak go, it out or just even write it out just so that it has. Yeah. Its just, yeah. Instead of just like, oh, like, no, like, I know that's not true. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, I know, you know, it's well, it depends who you are. Right. And like, depending probably on the thought, but if you go deeper into that, like of no one's showing up, like, even if we use that meditation retreat example, because you said not enough people signed up like how did it i know you learned a lot from it but if you're just tapping into like the fear part or the worried part of yourself what comes up when like you when you found out like not enough people signed up and you had to cancel it well i so where was it or when was it i know that there was a fear of judgment let's say from the outside there was a fear that I would be judged for not being able to get enough people to the meditation retreat, though that fear specifically, I believe I addressed it. Well, I know I addressed it, let's say, whenever mm-hmm. I was, whenever I first signed up to do it, like when I talked with this, the host and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I know like that I, I had addressed it then because I was like, oh shit, like if nobody comes, then people are going to judge me. People are going to think this is bad. I'm promoting it on my Instagram. Like if it doesn't actually happen, what are people going to think? I for sure had that line of questioning when I signed up for it or like when I started, whenever I started promoting Mm -hmm. it. And I think through the process, there were times, but you know, I've kept coming back to the energy of if it's meant to be, it'll happen and kind of surrendering to it in the process. Mm -hmm. Cool. So like, even if we just focus on that thought, whether it's, you know, past or present mm-hmm. or whatever of like, what are you afraid of people finding out? So it sounds like that, you know, you're afraid of your Instagram people or your podcast listeners, probably the meditation, like a facility, like 
all those people that, you know, you're being vulnerable with now of like, eh, like I'm doing this thing. Right. Like if people don't show up, what will they find out about you? Hmm. What will they find out about me? Like what is revealed when no one shows up about Clayton? I guess the first thing that's coming to mind is that I would let down like the organizer of it because she would have put money in or not money, but time into, well, I guess time is money, you know, but at least time into organizing and setting it up and talking to the organizers or putting together promotional materials or the website. So I think there was, there's probably a fear of using her time up in a non-productive way, if you will. Mm-hmm. So if you're letting other people down, what does it mean about you? Uh, it comes to value. But I'm feels like I'm taking value and not being able to reciprocate it or to help, if you will. Help. So yeah, go deeper down that. So not being able to help, which means what? Which means I'm not adding value. Which means what? Which means that there's a belief of valuelessness, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Whenever I was like, oh, yeah, yeah this is interesting. Yeah, that stung. <laughs> I felt that earlier. <laughs> so, right. If you're not providing value, then it proves what? Um, it would prove. I don't know if it would necessarily prove it, but it, it feels as though I would be falling into that taker energy and it feels like it's kind of coming back to whenever I was saying earlier that I wouldn't want to be putting out a product to the audience or to, you know, people if, if it is that unfair or unequal exchange of energy where I'm, you know, taking more money than they're getting value for the product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's definitely something there. Right. So like, so and it is attached to value. So if you, if the perception, right, all this is, is just, we're exploring perceptions, mm -hmm. but if the perception is that you take more than you give, mm. how does that feel in your body? Uh, not ideal. Definitely feels like I want to get away from that idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Right. right. Where do you feel it specifically? It kind of feels like a, a tightening in my heart, taking like taking more than I give. Mm. Yeah, it feels like it's kind of closing off my heart. And so, what meaning do you assign to yourself? Like, if you are taking more than you're giving, what does that actually mean about you, or even about someone else is doing that? If somebody else is. Like, who would you call someone else? Like, if they are what? If they are manipulating people and leading people astray and taking more... Like, Selfish. Who are... You know, uh, let's say... Con uh, no, not condescending, but uh, ego... Egocentric? No, that's not the right word either. They're definitely only worried about themselves succeeding as opposed to the whole succeeding. Mm, okay, so the word selfish stood out yeah. to me. That'd probably be the closest. Mm hmm. Okay, let's just tap into that. Okay. 
do you feel that selfishness in your heart or where else do you feel it? Yeah, mostly my heart. Okay, so, and there could be something else, but let's just stay here for a moment just to feel oh, yeah. it. So if people, you know, you do the thing, you do the meditation retreats or you provide these other offerings and then people see that, you know, you're, you're letting people down or you're not sending enough people, whatever the thing is, the worst case scenario happens and then they find out that or their perception of you is that you are selfish. What would you think about yourself? I, I would feel this need to protect myself or justify or almost like to plead with the people who would say mm. something or present that type of information. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, just stay with this. Let's just stay with this feeling for a moment. So the, the selfishness. So let's just say we already talked about these things happen, right? Like the worst case scenario happens, people are judging you. And I want you to answer. You can only answer yes or no. It's black and white. There's no in between. Is, does it make you selfish if that happens? Like, does that make you a selfish person? Yes or no? If what happens? Like if you show up in this way, like you do these offerings and no one shows up and people like in the way of like that manipulation energy, essentially the worst case scenario happens of what we've been talking about. Does that like inherently, is that a 100% truth? No. That you would be selfish? No. Okay, beautiful. That was an easy no. I can feel that. Yeah. Is it helpful for you to believe that you are selfish? Yes. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is part of the fun. You're just laughing at it like, and just exploring it, like whatever comes yeah. up. So, so why I imagine it's helpful is because it keeps you safe. But I will offer... Okay why it's not helpful please do is because what are you withholding from people right now the first thought's my heart boom and how selfish is that can't get much more selfish than that <laughs> so is it helpful to be selfish and to hold your heart back no kind of feel like my heart's opening now and just yeah i literally felt, I felt like that too yeah. <laughs> cool so i'll just my last question in this context would be like if you could believe anything right like if you could have the universe just reprogram your soul and your brain right now to believe anything instead of being i'm selfish what do you want to believe i'm spreading love Oh, baby. I like that. Keep going. What else? I'm doing my best to help people in the best way that I can. That I am following my heart when making decisions in regards to monetary or improvement offers. 
Mm. That if I am leading from a selfish or a closed off heart place when creating an offer that people would actually avoid purchasing such a product Mm -hmm. that I know that people will only buy products or services that I create from my heart space. Amazing. Yeah. And how do you feel when you create from that heart space? Like everybody's going to win. Oh, baby. I love that. So talk more about that. How's everyone winning? I'm kind of, I had a girl on the podcast, uh, 062 Aaron Lyons, and she talked about how whenever you, she, she kind of used the word light. Um, what did she say? Like, uh, like almost like a meter of light. Like whenever you create something, you put like light energy into it, if you will. And Mm -hmm. so what I'm just thinking of is like, if I'm actually like putting in the highest form of let's say light into such a project product service, whatever it is, then it's going to just magnetize people to it. So it's not, um, I feel like I'm losing my train of thought a little bit here. You got to do it. So how do you feel when you are, you know, like in that open heart space and everyone's winning? Abundant. Boom. It's an equal exchange and even more so like, I feel like even like it's, I don't know. It just, I get, I'm getting in this visual of like kind of my heart almost like just radiating out if you will. And there's like services that are kind of services or like they're kind of just circles, but I know Mm. that they're services or products and then it seems like the closer they are to my heart, the more here's a way to put it. If my heart's radiating out energy or light, light, if it's at radiating out light and there's a product that's super close to it, the shadow that it's going to create is going to be a lot bigger and, and shadow might not be the right word, but it's, it's the audience or the people that are going to come into that product or within the shadow, let's say of that product that is being created from the heart. <laughs> Does that make sense? I love that, dude. So is that like, is that, do you feel like any worry about that? Or like, is the shadow like, what does it really mean? I think it's just like, are those the people? It's not supposed to be like darkness shadow. It's more of just like a, um, a metaphor to be able to see, like, you know, if I'm putting more heart energy into that's another way I could kind of visualize this is even if the product's away from my heart, but there's like a strong cord connected to between my heart and that product, then the width of that, like the radio, the, the, how do you kind of like the, it's like almost like a, um, uh, like the angle, let's say of that shadow is becoming wider but I keep saying shadow. Mm. So I don't know. That's kind of tripping me up that I keep saying shadow because it's like, you know, it's, it's supposed to be signifying more people coming into that product. The more I put my heart into it, but for some reason it's not, I don't know if that's just like the metaphor or if the, like the fact that I'm actually saying that there's a shadow there, it 
it has some significance. <laughs> well, you don't have to figure yeah. it out. I feel like you'll that'll present to yourself. Yeah. yeah. At the right time. I'm not sure if people are still interested in this or how are you going, but no, definitely, you know. bro. Like people are I know people are connecting with this and it's I feel like just to comment on that of like the shadow of like more people benefit from it, but also like what comes up with that right is like when you come when you become a brighter light, obviously you become more seen and more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right? Which makes more room for judgment which makes more room for criticism so like yes you cast the net wider for more people to benefit from you and of course that comes like literally greater the light the greater the shadow right that's just literally how we work but we need both right is like that shadow is also a gift for those people like our triggers or teachers so uh, if you could sum all that up of if I ask that question again of like, what do you want to believe about you and your offerings and your services and, you know, branching out instead of just the podcast, what do you believe now? The more of my, the more light that I produce through my heart to create a product, the more people that it will serve and help. Amazing. And how do you know that's already true? Like, how have you already experienced that? The first thought is to say my podcast or my Instagram, but I'm not too sure how. Well, I imagine with your podcast, the more you heart you put into it, because you've been doing it a while. So it's like the more love you put into it, the brighter it's getting. Mm-hmm. And I certainly know that it's at so- least aided me and my growth and my expansion. So I can only imagine the audience who's come along this path as well. Yeah. So why I'm asking that question, right? It's really important. Like the feelings that you're tapping into are awesome and they are important. And equally important is the mind because the mind part, there's a part of you that believes that you are selfish for doing this. So that's the fear-based thinking Mm. that will look for the evidence to prove um, that as correct. So why I'm asking you f- to look for other evidence is so now going forward, you can look for like the evidence, like your podcast, for example, like your Instagram of, oh, look, the more love I pour into this thing, the more benefit it has for everybody, including me. And it's the circle. I love how you talked about the circles from your heart, mm. right? Because that's all it is. Like, that's what abundance is. It's like, it's infinite. Right. Like there is no scarcity. Scarcity is just a human myth. So and everybody can win. I love how you said that. Like, that's definitely the opposite of selfishness. So just that was, first of all, dude, thank you for going there. Thanks for taking me. And before I, before I go on of like how that could, you know, benefit people or how can people can do that on their own? How, like, what is your takeaway from that experience? My takeaway is that it seemed that you were, asking questions about words or situations or energy that I was already experiencing in order to, let's say, dig deeper to not only addressing a fear or a limiting belief within myself, but then to also 
the give it the light it deserves, like giving it a voice, allowing it to be seen or heard or talked about such that it could almost be validate. It's like, it's almost to be, it gets validated. And then it's like, okay, like this is a valid meaning that you placed on, you know, something now that you see why that's quote unquote valid, do you still wish, do you wish there was a different way you could look at this? Is there a different sort of paradigm or idea that you would like to replace it with? This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Buzzsprout. And now this ad is for any of my fellow podcasters out there, or even if you're starting to think about a podcast or creating one, a key that you need to know is that you got to put your audio somewhere Then you need someone or something to distribute that audio. And Buzzsprout is by far the best option that I have found to get your audio put out on all of the mainstream directories like Apple podcast, Spotify, Amazon, Google play store, all of them iHeartRadio, you name it. I have been able to be featured on over 18 different podcast platforms because of how easy Buzzsprout makes it to integrate and host your audio on these sites. And honestly, I think I'm hosted on even more than that, but that's all that they'll tell me is it's over 18. And they have great software to track where your episodes are being downloaded, how many downloads you're getting, and so much more. Guys, I highly recommend it for anyone who is starting or interested in starting a podcast. So please go check the sponsors link down in the bottom of the show notes. Scroll down once you get there, go to Buzzsprout, click on the link, and I want you to start hosting, start your podcast, because we need more. It's amazing. Buzzsprout podcast hosting made easy. I love that dude. And it's like, cause you talked about your heart and I felt it too. Right. When you acknowledged it, it just started to like, you know, dissolve. Yeah, dude, I could just, yeah. Yeah, cause it was super closed off. And then once it hit that one moment, I could feel like just kind of like the ripples go like to my feet and then to my hands. Mm-hmm. So what's really cool, right. Is I just want to point out for you and then, like everyone else, I imagine connected to that in some way or followed their own process of the selfishness piece. This is a common thing where people are holding back their gift for X reason, right? Like no one will sign up or no one will care or like people, whatever the reason is, right? And it's interesting that your thought was like, you know, I mean, I've definitely felt this too. It's taken me a long time time and i'm still learning about it of like the taking advantage of people in some way or another but the truth is and i already asked this question of like you're actually being selfish right now yeah like you're literally holding that statement about holding your heart back bro that's huge and it's interesting like it's a beautiful circle of what we've been talking about because i was And I love that we're having this conversation now. I knew that for a reason we're supposed to have it now because a month ago we wouldn't have been able to have the same conversation because what I learned was I know I was being asked to give my heart Mm. because we have these certain fears of the judgment or the misunderstanding or whatever it may be. So we close our heart and we don't give it, but that's actually the most selfish thing we could do. So then what did you do in the last month that helped you to open up your heart? (laughs) Right, dude, is like it comes along like 
I mean, for you, it's this own process. I feel like, you know, and it's, mm, I'm curious. I want to know how you are going to like, what's the first action step for you now that you know, it's like meditation and expanding your offerings and like really giving your heart and light to something. What does this, the first small step look like? What does the first small step look like? I think connecting more on either TikTok live or IG live with people and trying the first things that coming to mind are like sending out an email to my current list of uh, meditation, let's say people and ask them what offerings they would like, maybe start hosting IG lives or TikTok lives with either guided meditations or even talk to people about the power. Now guided meditation feels more powerful to kind of even just start giving that and seeing what and how people respond to it. Um, those are kind of like the first two things that are popping into my mind right now. I love it, dude, because what that's resonating, right? Is like, what would you give freely? Right. And it's like, and it's like, you can monetize that. And like what I've learned in the past month is it is a circle, dude. Like it's crazy. Like the value that I'm giving to people is worth whatever thousands of dollars. And it's like, I'm also receiving value, obviously, right? For the time and the effort and the space and the energy that I'm showing up. And I'm also receiving it in like so many other ways. Like I'm learning with them. I'm growing with them, right? And it's like, it's this beautiful cycle of like, it's it's like, yes, I'm stepping into my power and leadership and leading in a different way. But also like, it's the, like, I'm just as much of a student too. So the part about you saying of not having it all figured out is you can still be a leader. Like the best leaders are still learners and students. But if you keep disempowering yourself of like not stepping into that offering or that, that leader or that teacher role, whatever you want to put that label on it is that's actually more limiting. And it's funny how you said it's limiting just to think of one thing. And then I could saw the wheels getting turning right but it's like you got to start somewhere and then you know the whole bakery will open but you got to just make your first pie and you have your first pie but make another pie so yeah i just wanted to point that out of like what would you do and like giving your heart specifically regardless of the result yeah i think the first thing is like uh a weekly meditation on IG live or TikTok or YouTube or find a way to even just string all of them together and try to go cool. live on all of them at the same time. I got to figure that out with like TikTok and IG at the same time. But you know what I mean? I think that would probably be the first thing is just to start doing that because that'll, it would be beneficial. It would just be, and then it's funny. It's funny because the, the limiting beliefs that pop up into my mind are like, well, what time? When are you going to do it? Well, if you do it at five o'clock, people might not be able to do it. If you do it at noon, people might not be able to do it. So that's an interesting thing that's now kind of showing yeah. itself. But then if you don't do it all, does anyone show yeah. up? But then people could always just like rewatch it, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. It's like you can yeah. do it at a different time. You can do it twice a week, right? It's just like, there's always going to be a reason not to right. do it. And it's like, but you just starting, like you're going to get feedback. You know, it's like, 
this isn't the one all be all. It's like it's going to improve and refine as you learn. Just like I imagine this podcast has done the same. Oh, yeah, man. You go back and listen to the very first episode I did. It's <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's all right. But like to me, it's just like, holy shit, dude. Like, what were you doing? You need to you need to iron this out a little bit more. And so it's like. Yeah, like, would you tell yourself not to start because it's now it feels like a little bit cringe when you're looking back at no, it? No, it's about that progress, right? Seeing how those those that foundation is built and then the improvement and, you know, where we're at now, it's, it's unbelievable, you know? Yeah, dude. And it sounds like you're not in a hurry, like monetarily, right? Yeah. I'm in a safe, I guess, environment. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's that internal battle of always wanting more, you know, wanting to already be sure. driving, whatever you want to say, the Lamborghini and, the middle of Switzerland <laughs> with, you know, an amazing girl beside you. But at the same time, I completely appreciate the process. And I know there's like a piece of me that knows that if it comes too quickly, like without do without putting in the effort, if you will see, that doesn't feel right, but without building, it goes back to the Icarus thing without building that foundation, without building the, support below then it's just going to be this icarus get burned by the sun and then kind of just drop back down which it's not in my interest like i would much i would much rather do the podcast or meditation whatever for 10 years and be able to be at let's say the pinnacle on the 11th year right and then it maintains that as opposed to okay i've been doing this for one year now i'm the number one podcast, the number one meditator, whatever you want to say. And then it all disappears mm -hmm. like a year or two later. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason like why do most lottery winners lose their money? Yeah. Comes in too quick. Cause like it wasn't gradual. Like they don't have the capacity to hold that. Mm -hmm. Their normal is I'm poor or I need the money, you know? So it's like they will, it's a big generalization, right? But, and there's even stats with, you know, like athletes, I think it's like above 50%, you know, lose the money. And obviously there's so much nuance in there, depending like how much they make and everything. But it's the same thing because a lot of athletes weren't taught, you know, how to manage that either. And even if you look at just even like Justin Bieber or just any famous person who's literally famous overnight, their nervous system doesn't know how to handle that. So that's why they do all this crazy self-sabotage, like like self-harm and stuff like that, because no one is built for like that much success and attention overnight. It's crazy. So so the gradual process is really important. Same thing like with our bodies, you know, it's like we just don't go lifting from a hundred pounds to three hundred pounds. Right. Like we'd break, like you can't do it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I And I bet there's actually a corollary here because you brought up lifting. I've actually been lifting less recently and I can't figure out why. And I think there's a level of like needing to stretch more or like I'm kind mm -hmm. of hitting that. I don't know. I want to I want to keep this as uh, humble as possible. <laughs> but like I feel like I'm getting to a size where if I'm not like my body's starting to just like resist going to the gym because of the fact that I haven't been stretching or having good posture. And so it seems to me as if, you know, it's what's, what's it reminding me of? It's, there's something in this conversation. Oh, like with the, like I'm seeing surrender almost as like being stretching and then the doing is actually going and lifting the weights. 
mm-hmm. it's like you kind of need a little bit of both or you need to be doing the surrender you know what i mean yes i do you know, know what you mean very much so i'm also curious if uh because you brought up the nervous system as like a small little pivot but you brought up the nervous system multiple times there is there like any nervous system training that you do in order to expose yourself to it or just become aligned or tuned with your nervous system? Like with just mine yeah. personally? Or just like trying to activate it or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my favorite thing will always be cold mm. plunges. Like I am, I love the cold, but of course it's like, I don't like getting in it. I like the after. Sometimes I'm kind of a freak. I like the during, time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, cause I just, I know, like I secretly know what's coming. So I'm like, oh yeah, like this is yeah. good. Um, like probably, I mean, yeah, like, like anything is really stretching our capacity, right? Like, like exercise is getting up early is, um, resting even is like cold plunges are. So it's like, yeah, like the whole nervous system, like, like even as we talk about like cold plunges and all that like popular stuff and saunas that has gained popularity is like obviously that's important but sometimes i think people miss the mark of like just like maybe the intent behind it of like are you doing that in like other areas of your life too and because you can expand it like rest is expansive surrendering is expansive like your edge can be met in like many different ways. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. And something I'm being called right now to bring up before we get too far away from it is, uh, (laughs) the whole process that I just did that we just went through for myself. Mm -hmm. How do you implement that? Like, what's like a small little thing that the audience could use or implement in order to kind of guide themselves through that entire process on their own? Yeah. So if people, want to go deeper i have a fear alchemy it's called fear alchemy and it's only 197 bucks and of course like what i led you through is definitely more intuitive but my mission when i developed the course was to have like an intuitive process in the course so it is like completely um individual in the way that it takes you through okay here's how you identify the block using like intuitive prompts like it's not just there are journal prompts but and questions, but there literally are prompts of like fill in the blank. So it's completely personal. And then I guide you of how to reframe it. And, you know, like you were saying of um, feeling the feeling and then choosing something instead. Like what belief do I, what do I want to believe instead? Um, so if, if you guys want to go deep, I definitely check that out. And then even if you just want to start practicing beyond that, literally just start noticing your triggers. Mm. Right. And like, that's the first one of the first exercises in the course anyway of like once you feel safe to start being aware of your triggers i help you track them and then whether it's in the course or not just on your own then it's like okay i have all these things of like i'm triggered like an example i'm about i have an idea to launch a new product but then i'm worried that no one will buy it boom that's a trigger I'm nervous of asking my boss for a raise. Boom. That's a trigger. You know, like we're getting triggered all the time. It's just, you have to be aware of it. And then from there, I would just begin to ask because why, um, 
I feel like if you're going to start there, it's, it's a good, just like journaling prompt, meaning like what you, what you said, right. Of like, okay, I don't want to put out an offer because maybe no one will sign up. It's like, well, because why? It's like, well, because then I'm wasting people's time. Well, because why? Well, if I'm wasting time, then, you know, I forgot what you said next, but then that means, and I think you said it has something to do with value. So essentially you're just like following and following and following and following until what we talked about earlier, right? Of like, you feel that ping. Mm. And like you felt the ping and I felt the ping when it was like that selfishness was like the most strong. So just be aware of like what you're feeling in your body as you're doing it. Um, and then you're able to find the root and you can go back to the questions I asked of like, is it true? Is it helpful? Like what do you want to believe? Um, literally all those things are in the course. So do it on your own. And if you want more help, you can go check out the course or of course, like hit me up. My favorite thing is this, like literally I am, I feel like I'm in my service and I'm in my zone of genius when I'm doing one-on-one mentorships or just one-on-one breakthrough sessions or like the group coaching or whatever it may be. Like, so if anyone's feeling called to that, like it's literally like when you were talking about like the heart, that's my heart. Mm -hmm. So if you're scared and excited, I'm happy to be your guide because scared and excited are usually the perfect mix of like what I said about the being asked to perform music, you know, like, Oh my God, like I want to say yes, but I don't want to, you know, it's like, that's the mix of how, you know, you're being called to something. That's interesting. And is that, Oh, did I just lose what I was going to ask? Come on, come back. Oh, I think I'm going to lose it. It's pretty cool though. I mean, wow. I lost what I was going to ask. (laughs) it might come back but like honestly like it's it's an accessible way like it's a like what i said earlier it's it's a simple and accessible way for you to like get into your belief systems and into your subconscious like you can go get a coach you can get a therapist if you want but like if you can hold yourself accountable or if you just want to kind of wade yourself into the pool instead of jumping right in i've literally had people message me saying like Ben, you helped me, you know, quit my job. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and like, oh, I did the course and I figured out like my fear of making mistakes, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. So people are definitely doing some irresponsible things. <laughs> Throw it in air quotes. <laughs> but it's yeah, but it's um it's really cool because really people are just tapping into the truth. Like that's all it is, is like I just call it remembering your truth. It's it's dissolving the fear, it's dissolving the lie. Like the lie, right? What we just discovered is that you're selfish mm. like for doing this, right? The truth is actually that you are selfless mm. and you are loving and it's everyone's winning. Like that's really the truth. Right. But fear, right? If you listen to fear, you actually are being selfish by not sharing your gift with the world. Right. And speaking of my gift, I think this reminded me actually of what I was going to ask you, which is uh, the kind of the idea of how meditation actually plays a role into this because whenever you were asking those questions, if people are just listening, I kind of closed my eyes and actually went into a meditative place to feel into my body. So even with your course or like people you've worked with, have you been able to establish the role? Maybe that meditation might play into something like this. If it's beneficial, if 
you've never done it before, if you need to do it, like how does meditation even play into understanding yourself and your body from this line of fear and even the kind of the stuff that you're espousing here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like meditation allows you to get still and present. And ironically, a lot of us are addicted to stress and to chaos. So we do that becomes our normal. And so when like the stillness is scary, but that allows you to notice the things that are holding you back, you know, like whether you're literally sitting down and meditating or you're doing a guided meditation or just walking without music or whatever. And you have these like little thoughts come in here and there, right? Like that wouldn't be possible with the noise or with the distraction. So it's definitely whether it's like traditional meditation or, I mean, there's so many different types of meditations, you know, like you mentioned, but it's definitely a big part of just beginning to like become aware. Like meditation is an awesome tool. Gotcha. It's almost like the, the tool that could be just like on a side here of getting you kind of into this flow of understanding your body or even understanding maybe even the emotion that you're feeling, like being able to discern that difference yep. between anxiety and even fear, like we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah, dude. And it's also like your intuition. That's how you get in, in tune with mm -hmm. it too. And was that, I don't remember if we covered this in your story, I'm trying to think back to it. Cause you were talking about how you were at your house and you had like an intuitive moment and then there was like a rebrand. Did you, did mm -hmm. we kind of go over what it was that like the fear guy is what like resonated with you? Yeah. So it really was like, that was the moment. Like I wasn't planning on, Hey, let me coach people on fear. <laughs> <laughs> it literally just came through. And I had been experimenting with it in the months prior. Like when I look back at my Instagram posts, I definitely was talking about it more frequently. And, you know, I hosted a couple of workshops about it, but I had never thought like this was going to be the focus until like in that meditation. And like, it just came through. And then I asked, am I on the right path? And it was like, I, my body got lit up. And so mm. it's crazy. Yeah. And some people ask like, why are you the fear guy? Why aren't you? the brave guy mm. or why aren't you the free the freedom guy i'm like well first of all it's not that serious of a thing. <laughs> you know it's like it's just it's, a, it's just a fun title that gets people's attention it's not like i walk around and introduce myself as the fear guy um but it's why it's why i didn't know at the time but why i know now it's a thing is because fear needs to be named and not avoided mm. and that's why people are probably asking that question is because they're afraid of fear. They'd rather not right? look at it's it. Like they're more comfortable. Yeah. And it's like, that's the exact reason why I'm doing it. Like I didn't know that at the beginning, but our world is afraid like of a lot of things. And like, you can see it, but even people like you and me, like we're still afraid. So it doesn't matter what, no matter where you are on the journey, like essentially like even if you look at it like a video game, right, is if you start on level one, it's really hard. Well, maybe not really hard, but it's going to be a stretch to get to level two because you have to beat the boss and everything. And then level one is now easy. And now level two is the stretch. So that's all that fear is, right? Like fear isn't wrong. It's not telling you it's not evil. It's not bad. It's not the devil, whatever you want to call it, right? It's like 
I just view it as an invitation. It's like, oh, I'm at my edge now. Like I'm growing into who I really am and I'm letting go or I'm going beyond of just that level one. And now I'm on level two going to level three. And so that's just how I look at it is like, if you can reshape your relationship with it, then that's what, you know, I teach or trying to be an example of on all aspects on my podcast in my course and my coaching Instagram, whatever is like, that's what it is. Like that's when the freedom comes is like when you're able to befriend it and feel it like we just experience and just acknowledge it. That's where freedom is like, because it's, you've been avoiding it for so long that you keep avoiding your truth. You keep literally avoiding the solution to your problem because the solution was it is within the fear. Like one of my favorite quotes is by Joseph Campbell. And it says the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. I love that quote. Yeah. I love it, dude. It's like, that's the answer to life. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's people have maybe have heard the quote, like everything you desire is on the other side of fear. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Superpass. Now, what the hell is Superpass, you might be asking? Well, I use Superpass to host my website, host all of my amazing content. I use them for my app, the app, the amazing app that I know you're listening to this on that I don't even need to tell you about that's available on the Amazon. and oh, It's not available on Amazon. It's available on the iOS and Google Play Store. That app, the one that you're listening to this podcast on, the Traveling to Consciousness app, they're absolutely amazing. So honestly, if you're a content creator and need to organize and put things in one place, I highly recommend Superpass. They have an amazing community. They have an amazing support team who I've always been in contact with, reaching out with, and they're always in increasing that product. So I highly recommend it at checkout. I highly also recommend that you use promo code Clayton 2022 because you'll receive 10% off your first 12 months of a yearly or monthly package, which is up to like a $300 value, which is crazy. So please go do that. Check that out. Click the link below, go down to sponsors, click on the super pass affiliate link and sign up today. Super pass everything you need to build a content business. So it's basically just the same thing, right? It's like, it's not going back to the plane example. Like I'm not asking you to jump out of a plane every single day. It's like, what is your version of like what you really care about? Like what is your plane that you're afraid to do? Maybe it's not even a plane, right? Maybe it's just like jumping off a diving board, like the, a miniature version of the plane, but something just to the fact of like, what am I being called to do, but I'm not doing it? Like, what is my desire? Because fear is also showing you what you desire. Mm. Like, I don't have a calling to do like extreme sports or whatever. Like, even though that would be afraid, like I'd be afraid to do it probably, but I don't really have like a desire to do it. But what I do have a desire to do, right, is like speak on big stages and that also scares me a little bit. Gotcha. So when when those two are combined, right, is like that's what you really care about. So fear is in, is indicating what you really desire. Yeah, it's interesting how there's like this. It's interesting how you like can see the this like point that you want to be at, right, of being on the stage, and you're like, yes, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. But it comes accompanied by that fear. Do you like yep. that's so fascinating because you know, as we were discussing earlier, fear is almost this thing to save us, if you will. But it's interesting. Have you ever dove into like this 
this corollary of like, well, if it's, if it's the, why am I afraid of the thing that I want to do the most? Cause you're afraid of not realizing it. You're afraid that it won't come to position to fruition. Correct. Mm. And so it becomes like this, like barrier to stop you so that you're not hurt along the way. Correct. That's all like fears and anticipation of pain and suffering. Fears and anticipation. So it's there to protect you from that. Oh, that's interesting. Fears and anticipation of pain and suffering. I was thinking about this also in regards to you. I mean, take this however you want, but I was thinking of it in regards to as well, because you seem to be focused on the individual, which I love, by the way, I think that's like the key. to all this is focusing on the individual, but have you ever looked at kind of fear on the world stage? Like I know majority of like mainstream news organizations, like they play on fear Mm -hmm. all of the time in order to keep eyeballs. So do you ever, so where, what's the question here, right? Fear is the anticipation of pain and suffering. So do you see, like, I guess you're very aware, acutely aware of the, um, (laughs) their ability to keep pushing their finger on that pain point, if you will, within like the society. Yeah, bro. I mean, it keeps, yeah, dude. It's, I mean, it's, you look at anything, right? Even like all marketing, all whatever is always focused on lack and lack is fear, right? Cause lack is I'm not enough or the fear of not having enough or being enough and insecurity or stress. Right. And so, because we pay attention to it, like literally humans, I forgot what it is. It's like seven or time, seven or 10 times more inclined to avoid pain than to receive pleasure mm. because it preys on our survival response, which is fear. Like we will more, someone said humans will jog to pleasure, but sprint from pain. Interesting. It's that same thing. So it's like, how do we get attention? Oh, you use fear. How do we sell something? You use fear because it's like, that's what you focus on. Like that's how you get attention because people get activated and they feel like they're losing something. So that's interesting. So then this kind of even ties into, I guess what we were talking about earlier with you know, wanting to offer something, but wanting to offer mm-hmm. it in a way that you're not creating more suffering along the path <laughs> and to be, you know yeah, what I mean? Like offering something that is of fear, but then if majority of marketing is fear-based, how do you navigate, <laughs> how do you navigate that? Dude, trust me, this has been the bane yeah. of my existence, <laughs> like, but also like a beautiful challenge because it's like, especially for me, because I literally talk about fear. So the name itself elicits fear. Right. You know? So it's like, for me specifically, it's it's just this weird, like, dichotomy of scaring people away, but also getting their attention. And so, like, for me, I've just come to realize, like, for me personally, is that that's what it's supposed to do. Right. is like, again, going back to the, it needs to be named and not avoided. And it's like when people are ready to look at it, then like I typically see really quick transformations because people come to me when it's like, they're mm-hmm. ready. Like they're not here to dilly dally anymore. It's like, I'm fucking ready to go into my fear. Even though I'm terrified, I'm still afraid. It's like, I'm ready for that. And so that's when it's like, boom, sweet, let's, let's go. Um, and transformations happen pretty quickly, but like 
in general with fear, like what I've come to learn, like, cause I definitely used to have like an icky relationship with marketing um, and like pain points and stuff is like how I look at it now is it's just communicating. So I'm not here to tell somebody how bad their life sucks necessarily. I mean, that's part of it. Like, but it's here to let them know that I understand you. Right. Is like, I've been where you've been or I know how you feel. I've worked with people in the same circumstance. So it's, it helps people relate. Like if I just put out my fear alchemy course and said, solve your fear by here. Yeah. People aren't going to get it. Like we literally, we can't deny biology of what I just said about being people are more motivated by fear than they are by anything else. So how do I do that in a conscious loving way is like, Hey, here is your pain and it's okay. Acknowledging it just like what we did with you, right? Of like acknowledging it is part of it instead of running away from it, but I'm not using it to manipulate manipulate you. I'm using it to like show it and address it. And then from there we can go into like how it will feel and what the transformation will be like. Gotcha. So it's almost like even the way that you're approaching it, it's funny, you're approaching fear with love. So that in in that case, you're yes. attracting people within that frequency. It's not you're attracting people that are in this like fear or like scared place that just want to take a pill to no. just get this thing done with. It's like the energy that you're even putting into a <laughs> a fear-based course yeah. attracts people who are interested in approaching it in that manner. Yeah, it's very, right? Like one of my favorite things to say is fears, love and disguise. Mm -hmm. So it is the same. It's not the same frequency, but it's, um, shoot. Like, let me get this quote. I really like this quote. I had it up because this will explain it to people really well. I like how I view it. Dramatic pause. It is dramatic pause. Pause It's. Okay. All right. I wrote this something. I wrote this. So I'll, I'll read it so I don't butcher it. Fear is a misguided, misunderstood frequency of love. Fear protects you because it doesn't want you to be hurt. That sounds a lot like love. Fear and love, the great polarity, are best friends. This is why it can be confusing whether or not you're making a decision from a fear-based state or love. The metaphor I like to use is temperature on a thermometer. If you look at each end of the, of the thermometer you will see polarities, complete opposites, burning hot and freezing cold. What you don't think about is that it's all just degrees of the same thing, which is heat. There's a hermetic principle that says, opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. This is how hot and cold or any polarity works. Hot and cold are just measurements of the same degree, what we call heat. It's the same thing, but to a different degree. Temperature is a wide range of measuring heat or the lack of it. Cold is the absence or lack of heat, just like fear is the absence or lack of love. Everything in life is a frequency of love, just a different measurement and contortion of it. You can have a lot of love or a separation from it, which we call fear. So it's not that fear is bad because it's still love, just a slowed down version of it, a lower frequency, if you will. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it really is, right? Like, that's what life is. Like, I believe life is love. Like, that's the fundamental frequency but, of it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, but we are humans. So we're going to experience polarity. 
and like when we approach it with love and like that's when it dissolves back into what it is which is love it's it was love but then it got hurt along the way so now it's mm. you know put up this protection this wall this barrier from the trauma or for the pain to prevent it again Dude, that's a beautiful feels like a beautiful way to wrap this up mm. i just got chills i just got chills <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, dude, thank you so much for being here. I, I know we've promoted some of your stuff along the way, but I love leaving the space at the end of the podcast for the guests to either promote your stuff or encourage the audience or, you know, whatever message really you have for the audience, whether it's promotion or a beautiful quote that you just used. Um, <laughs> the floor is yours. Thanks, bro. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was I love the container i love the flow i love the facilitation and i'm gonna ask you to keep me in the loop of the next offerings like that will be my ask for you is that you know small steps big steps whatever steps i'd love to know to to know along the way like it's my favorite thing just to to celebrate with you and for everyone else that's feeling called to venture into their fear right is like it's definitely not for everybody but when you are ready, right? Whether it's just following on Instagram, whether it's going and signing up for the course, whether it's working with me one-on-one, I also do like coaching certifications. So I'm um, like, I'm teaching people how to also help their people, right? Whether it's students, like kids, um, whatever variety that you're holding and leading, holding space and leading people, is it's really important to know how to hold space for fear and to allow people to move through that with love and not just don't be scared Mm. you know don't cry get over it you know it's really like how do we hold space and like gently guide people to um breakthroughs and to just feeling in general um so in whatever way you're feeling called to interact with me it's an honor to be on the journey with you come say hi and and follow that fear man like that's truly what following your fear is almost it's like the same, it's just two sides of the same coin, like of following your heart, mm. you know? It's actually really very closely related of following your fear and following your heart because they're usually taking you to the same place. So that's what I'll encourage everyone to do. Powerful words, man. Powerful words. Well, Ben, dude, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. We'll definitely stay in touch and I'll definitely keep you up to date with the meditations and however that crazy chaos works itself out i think i'm i'm excited to see how it happens but you know kind of just take that step back and we'll we'll go with the flow right (laughs) yeah i mean it's the mix right like we are we've definitely beat that to death but it's the it's both like it's not one or the other it's i'm surrendering and i'm taking like full gung-ho all-in action and i surrender and i flow and i listen it's it's all of it it's interesting i'm kind of thinking about this now where like through this surrendering path i keep asking like along the lines of like what's the next thing i should do and it's funny because like little things keep dropping in like oh you should do this every day and i can just see that like the daily things that i'm doing are like piling up right now a lot of them are kind of like interpersonal sort of type work like um you know whether it's uh learning a language or doing like a course or something like that so like all the little things are piling up. So I find it super fascinating how it's like, 
and this is going live on IG has been something that's been like kind of poking me. And now I think I'm starting mm-hmm. to realize like, Oh, this is the next thing that I kind of need to do. So it's a fascinating process. <laughs> well, dude, I'm excited for you. I know you'll, I know you'll yeah, kill it. I appreciate it, man. And we'll definitely stay in touch. Um, so guys Absolutely. go check out his stuff, dude. Like at least go follow him on Instagram. Uh, the fear guy with periods, uh, the period fear period guy. And yeah, if you don't follow him, that's totally cool as well, because we will all see each other in the sixth dimension. Hey, that's right.